following episode of Inside the Cave is brought to you by the Fire Fan Sports app. Predict the gameplay in real time. On game day, play against friends, athletes, and superstars. Fire Fan Sports app, the app that changes the way you watch sports. Download Fire Fan Sports app available now at the App Store on Apple devices and Google Play Store for Android devices. Download the Fire Fan app and use the code CAVE, C-A-V-E, and ignite your passion for sports. Hey, all right, welcome back inside the cave, cavepodcast.com, and go to insidethecavepodcast.com and uh, get a WrestleMania breakdown from Inside the Cave. And our guest this week has by far the hottest Instagram page, as far as wrestling is concerned, on Instagram. Go to it right now, the Wrestling Classic. I almost feel bad for even trying to plug his site because, I mean, his, this guy... He doesn't need any advertisement on his end. Let me tell you something. I've been a fan of him since Instagram was 10 seconds long. And he was able to create these crazy wrestling moments, man. Took me back to the good old days of wrestling. I'm glad to call him a buddy. I'm a big fan of him as well. Look to be doing some more business with him. As the time goes along, welcome back to Inside the Cave. Justin from the Wrestling Classic. Thank you, I appreciate it. No, I know it's crazy. I, I know how you brought up like, I was, I've been on, on Instagram since it was like a 10 second video. I remember when I first signed up, there was like, like no videos at all. It was strictly just pictures. Like, That's videos, right. Like, I forgot about that. Like, That's insane. That is right. Yeah, I forgot about that. Yeah, it's one thing on Instagram. That's it was right. just pictures. It's crazy. That's right. That's right. When we when Instagram first started, there was nothing on it. And now they have the, the whole Instagram stories. And what you're doing well at too. I like your Instagram story. Let me tell you something too. Matter of fact, um, yeah, I don't. I'll be honest with you. I can, I can't tell you the last time I've actually sat down and watched a Monday Night Raw. And what I've been doing, and this is not a cheap plug, I just go to your page because I just can't sit. Cause yeah. I'm not I'm not a wrestling mark anymore. Once you know the business, it's kind of hard to, from from somebody like me to be able just to. To, to sit back and watch it, watch watch the stuff. Now I am. No, I, that, ha- that that happens. That happens to a lot of people once they know what it's like and that yeah. and all that. Like they, they kind of it loses its luster to a lot of people, which is totally fine. Hey, you know, I, I know I have a lot of followers that are old school fans that are there for my old school content and my opinion about the old school stuff. So. And you, but now what's good is the whole. Well, we're going to talk about this later on. Though the the whole Goldberg coming back, um, you know Triple H and stuff like that. Now that stuff we're gonna talk about it later on, but when they do their promos and stuff like that, I mean that's old school heat right there. So I mean it's it's easy for me to watch that. Like when I saw some of the posts you've been posting on on Monday Night Raw, like oh shit, I missed something. But and you know, yeah. it, 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 let me ask you this question: Just is does yeah. w, does WWE even have a um, a network channel Instagram? A WWE network Instagram? Yeah. Yeah, they do. Um, you know, it's a good question. I, I follow them because, you know, I, I try to do as much as I can to stay connected with the WWE because that's, like, the dream job. But, uh, but um, let me, I want to see how many followers they have there. On that point, though, we might as well talk a little bit about it right now really quickly. Yeah. 
Well, on that point, like what what you're talking about, as in like uh, how you don't. I have more followers in the WWE Network Instagram page. That's fucking hilarious. Yeah, <laughs> that is. <laughs> they have two hundred one k. I have four hundred fifty six uh, sixty two thousand. I don't know. But anyways, what I'm talking about now first. Um, that point you just brought up about how you're an old school wrestling fan that doesn't really watch the product that much today, but you do come to my page and you know what's going on because. I give a mixture of both old school and new school stuff, and I keep people up here which what. Like, honestly, I don't post about every segment that happened on Raw, but I'll post about the segments and about the wrestlers I like the most. So, like, even if it's a shitty segment, you'll see me post about Sasha Banks because that's just what I do. And you'll see me post about the segments that I found the most entertaining, uh, from my perception. Because, personally, like, as much as I'm, like, going to be a lifelong wrestling fan, I love it with all my heart and all my passion, like, it's fucking, it's fucking hard to sit there. So I don't know if I'm allowed to swear, but it's really hard to sit there for three hours and watch that show. Yeah, yeah, it is. It is. Like, three, three hours, hours is long, ass. And uh, but it's cool because then when people see the likes of Goldberg and they see stuff like that, that's the reason why they bring these wrestlers back. Is because someone such as yourself, when they see Goldberg and they see Brock Lesnar, they they see faces they recognize. Even if it's like John Cena and Randy Orton at this point, whether right. we want to admit it or not, they've been around for the last like 10, 15 years. People know who John Cena and Randy Orton are. So then people will watch, but uh, it's, it's it's crazy how that works, you know? Yeah, man. And you know, um, now SmackDown to me is actually the better program. I don't know how you feel about that. Okay, this is the way I see it. Like, and I, just like I mentioned a couple of seconds ago, Raw is not bad. Like, Raw is generally a pretty good show. I, overall, I have an issue with the product from Raw to SmackDown, the whole thing when it comes to character development and storyline progression. I think the, I think those are two areas where they that's what's wrong with the business. It's not in the WWE. It's not the shows. I just think Raw is three hours, and that's too long. And by the second hour you're getting you know by and by two hours and a half you're like already done with the show in your mind mentally you're checked out you know they've been putting stuff there just to fill in the three hours like some of the stuff has purpose but some of the stuff you know it's like why are they doing this like I, I know I'm not a big fan of when all the tags come on and you get like a 16 man tag match and I'm like and you know they're just doing that to fill time right well yeah. Smackdown is two hours and they're trying to fit as much as they can in that two hours with the roster that they have that every segment has a purpose that it's easier to watch. Even right. if they got another 15, 30 minutes, I think it would be okay because they, they, they figured out how to make everything meaningful. Well, when you watch Raw, you're watching some of like, wh- why does this even, like, why does this matter? Like, why is this, like, you know, like, they're just trying to kill time now. Or, or a match takes, like, four segments, and you're like, as much as I love wrestling, like, it getting interrupted by commercials and coming back to that same match is it, not fun. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and you know, uh, four times, yeah, and, and you know, uh, now I will give Vince McMahon and and Triple H and WWE in general, uh, you know, now for some reason it seems like around November or December, I'm thinking to myself, well. I guess there goes WrestleMania. There's nothing. There's not going to be anything happening this year, and they always know how to put a mixture of the new with the old, and 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 they, and they know how to sell it too. So they they're professionals. They know what they're doing. They they know Mania is the mm. biggest event, and they always know how to draw us back in. I might bitch and complain, but I haven't canceled my WWE network since I got it. So was it? So what has it been? Three three or four years since they started the network. I mean, I haven't canceled it yet. So <laughs> I honestly, I, I and I say this all the time. Um. There is absolutely, positively, 
no way that it doesn't matter how bad the buildup is, how bad the card might look. When it comes to like we watch Raw weekly, it's a weekly show. There's gonna be some good weeks. There's gonna be some bad weeks. Same with SmackDown. That's just what it's a weekly show, right? Yeah. When it comes to WrestleMania, it's once a year, and that's the one show that they will make sure you go home happy, even if you're not fully satisfied. You're gonna see some shit. You're gonna be like, you know what? I'm probably gonna watch this again for that. that like, a lot a of people shit on last year's WrestleMania. They're like, oh, last year's WrestleMania sucked. The main event that called Roman Reigns, boo, blah blah blah. But at the same time, like people will go back and watch a WrestleMania to see Shane jump off the cell and take it. Exactly. People will go back to watch a WrestleMania to see Stone Cold, Mick Foley, and Shawn Michaels come out. You know, they'll always leave you with something where like they, they make WrestleMania always and uh, putting it together with the Hall of Fame now and NXT Takeover and like making it the whole weekend and the Raw Afternoon. Like they made it so at least you can bitch and complain all year long, but this one weekend of the year, like they're going to give you the best show that they can and you're going to fucking enjoy it. Oh, <laughs> yeah. 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 Now for all our listeners out there because our show our show has grown too since the last time you've been on. You haven't been on since 2015. I just checked. So I went the whole 2016. Really? Yeah, brother. We I went the whole 2016 while having you on your show. So I'm giving myself a kill yourself and start over for not doing that. But I uh, I tell you what though, bro. Um for our listeners because they listen, a lot of people listen to every single show. There's going to be a lot of mixture of stuff where I can compare where we, where everybody's going to get a piece of something they like. We're going to take a page out of Vince McMahon's book, and I guarantee you, everybody who's listening right now, even if you're not a wrestling fan, you're going to dig this podcast because I'm going to bring in some stuff in here for Justin, and we're going to adjust. We're going to talk about how. Everything in life is a storyline, and basically, it wouldn't even surprise me if Vince McMahon is part of the Illuminati that's creating this American storyline. We're going to get into that a little bit, too. And I, and, and, oh, and, God. And, and, okay. Hey, bro, now check this out. Me and you haven't talked, and I guarantee yeah. when I give you these examples, you're going you're gonna to tell me the exact wrestling storyline that goes with it. I, I, and I guarantee you're going to pr- break it down because, number one, you're the, you're the man, number one, and you you find all this stuff, and you and you and you have the knowledge of the business, so you're gonna know exactly what I'm talking about. So we'll get to that in about a couple minutes. But let me ask you this though, man, about your page in general, the the wrestling classic, which, like I said, is by far the best page, and there's other there's other pages on there too, no no doubt. Shout out to all those guys too, but. Uh, Talk about the growth, man. How did you go from? I remember you said you started. You remember when you started at a hundred followers, and now you got damn near five hundred thousand yeah. followers. Like, talk about that, man. Um, I I coined a term in the last like year when I I've been talking to a lot of uh, other people that are do very well for themselves. A lot of YouTubers, a lot of models, a lot of actors, and stuff like uh uh, a lot of people, and a lot of people that are, are, are trying to make some names of themselves, people that are like uh, try, uh, aspiring models, aspiring to actors. And when I have the conversation, they always ask, like, um, how would you describe what happened with you? Like, how did you get so popular? Like, how did you get, like, you know, like, I'm, I'm once again, like, I, I want everyone to understand, like, I'm not blowing smoke up my own ass. I don't, I'm not big headed whatsoever. I don't think I'm famous whatsoever. Um, but I, I've been fortunate enough, and I'm very humbled the fact that I could have the likes of, like, you know, The Rock follows, The Weeknd follows, LeBron James follows, Ronda Rousey follows, Bret Hart, Ric Flair, Hulk Hogan. Like, 
what? Like Natalia, Charlotte, like Jinder Mahal, Fandango, like all these independent wrestlers. Like all these people follow my page. And and the way I always describe this is um, I got popular by accident. Yeah. And, and obviously there's that, there's that side where people be like, well, it's not really by accident. Like you're very passionate, you're a character, you're very, um, you know how to, uh, you're very um, organic. Like everything you do is authentic. But in my, another side, I'm like, no, but it was really by accident because I, I didn't have that intention do anything with this when I made that page. I, I I wanted to make a wrestling page to connect with wrestling fans. That was it, period. I wanted to bring wrestling fans all around the world together in one place. And then I did that. And then it kept growing. And, grow- and I wanted to, I, I'm, I'm telling you, I don't know how. I, like, the numbers still grow until today. And I, I and the, uh, the one thing I'll say is I, I never really changed anything, you know? Um, people always be like, well, you should do this, you should do that. I, 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 it sounds bad, but I don't really listen to them. I do what I think I, it feels great. And it works, so I don't. I don't know. I feel like I got popular by accident. It's just, it's, I love wrestling. I have a passion for it. I think people can sense that. Um, they can sense that I really have a passion. They value my opinions. They want to hear what I want to say. And to put the cherry on top, I put good content out there. I, sh- I I bring people nostalgia. I bring people stuff to talk about, debate about. Um, I think the biggest thing you gotta, anybody that wants to be a social media influencer or wants to be something like what a youtuber or an actor like and the rock you would go on the rocks page he does this very well too you know try to connect with the people that follow you talk to them if you read rock's caption it's like he's talking to you yeah. like oh i just landed here i'm doing this um that's huge because you know, have a lot of people they post stuff but they're just posting and putting captions on them there's, there's, there's no personal connection yeah. like you people want to feel like when you, you that you're sharing their thoughts and they can either agree with you or disagree, or you're doing this thing and they can be like it's relatable and not relatable. Oh, I want to be like that. Um, building connections with people is what makes the biggest difference, and that's what's going to give you growth. That's what's going to give you opportunities. Um, like it was God knows, like, it could have been something I wrote about how I love wrestling, or it could have been a video I put up of, of like his dad or something about someone talking about how I felt about it. The Rock saw that. And one, he liked the content, he liked the videos, he liked the stuff, and he also read it, and I was like, you know what, this guy gets it, and he followed me. Because I express exactly how I feel all the time. And I think that's huge. Yeah, connect that, with your followers, connect with the people. Yeah, uh, my partner on the show, uh, Roland, from, uh, he has a nice website too, uh, the, uh, a nice Instagram page, The Cleese Report, where he talks about conspiracy theories and stuff like that. He tells me the same thing, and that's what he does too, he says. He integrates with with his followers, whether you know they're a yeah. huge, huge following or small following, if they they comment. He gonna he's gonna always you know keep up with his followers and keep a conversation going. But, but but like I said, man, I remember. I think it was before I even started this show, and I just remember being and I was just watching your page. And, and the crazy thing is, I thought you were affiliated with the WWE. That's like, and that was at your. People still think that till this day. I I don't I don't know why. <laughs> I wouldn't be. It wouldn't surprise me if one day they just buy you out, which would be a good thing. If <laughs> they just like, look, we're gonna buy your page. Uh, you're doing it big, especially when you hit that one million uh, followers, which will be probably coming. I'm gonna say um, before SummerSlam. I'm gonna. I I think you'll be at one million followers by SummerSlam. You think that's pretty? Uh, hopefully, yeah. And by that time, honestly, I, 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 the way the growth has been going in the last little bit, I wouldn't be so against that. Obviously, I'd, I'd appreciate it and uh, the support. 
Yeah, so you'll be so so check, so you'll be at one million followers. You'll be verified, and then Paula Vesk will be calling you up saying, "We need you to come to Connecticut. Let's talk turkey." And that's when uh, my man Justin would probably change his phone number for me, and I wouldn't be able to get in contact with him because he'll be working for Vince McMahon. That's usually how this stuff goes. <laughs> No problem. You know what's crazy though? I've actually, I've actually had the same phone number since I was like 15 years old. Wow. Like I've had the, so basically without giving away too much, I've had the same phone number for the last like 10, 11 years. That's insane. But sometimes people call me and I'm like, who the fuck is this? And they'll be like, it's me from blah, 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 blah. I'm like, oh my God. <laughs> and, then I, and I'm almost always about, and I'm always about to be like, how do you have my number? Then I'm like, oh wait, I've had the same number forever. <laughs> hey, hey for, uh, for everybody who hasn't listened to the first couple times you were on, how, yeah. how old are you, man? How, what part is? I said, for, you know, for everybody who What'd hasn't, uh, how old are you? I'm 25. 25 years old. And I've been knowing you for two years. So, wow. Uh, <laughs> You built this whole you built you build a brand, brother. A brand that's beating the WWE on social media. <laughs> I mean, come on. At, tw- yeah. at twenty three years old, you built Honestly, the- I I say till this day I'm like, um and this is personal opinion. And other people are if they ever I, if they ever hear this, I'm probably never gonna get hired. But <laughs> from my perspective, like the WWE's personal Instagram page, like the actual one, like, yeah, they got like two or three million followers because they are the WWE. People are following them because of the WWE. But, like, their posts, like, I know they have rules that they're supposed to post with this and that. Like, I actually read one of their social media. I found online, like, the rules and guidelines for social media. Like, I found a little PowerPoint presentation online from the inside the WWE. And, like, I get it. I get what they're trying to promote. But, like, even like the filters they use in the picture, I'm like, you guys are messing up perfectly good pictures with like shitty Instagram filters, and like their page could be so much better, like the actual WWE page. And they actually own in all this content of WCW, ECW. they own all this video content. They have the network, and yet they don't share any of that stuff on the page. They share some of the like they share the wrestlers what they do now, some charity stuff, which is 110 percent. That's what they need to be sharing, showing their brand as a brand. They have to do all this charity stuff. 110% make the brand look good, but also like, don't forget about your actual wrestling fans. Right. And I feel like the WWE Instagram page forgets about the actual wrestling fans. Yeah, they're corporate now, man. Because, <laughs> yeah, it's just so bad. Because like, I think you were like, something like the weekend follows me, the rock follows me, but they don't follow the WWE's Instagram page because the WWE's Instagram page could be so much better. Yeah. They're all the way corporate now, man. But uh, all right, for, for all our listeners out there, I am going to show. That whether you know it or not, not 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 you, but I'm talking to the listeners. Whether you know it or not, you are all living in a, a storyline that was correctly written by Vince McMahon and the crew. Whether you know it or not, or believe it or not, I am going to prove it to you. Now, like I said, I have not discussed anything with Justin. I have not discussed it. Not at all, no. And I'm going to get... I literally messaged you before we called asking how we're supposed to record this. <laughs> and, and I'm going to bring up news headlines throughout the past couple years and and some recent. And I'm going to and going to ask Justin. He's going to tell you where this relates to WWE or just wrestling in general. From the from the attitude era to the golden age of wrestling to to the to the to the new age, new school, all that kind of stuff. He is going to show you and tell you 
without me even asking him. Watch what I tell you. First one is this, Justin. All right, now check this out. Now I'm a big basket. Yeah. I'm a big basketball fan. Uh, the NBA. Okay. Now, <clears throat> okay. Kevin Durant would play with the mm-hmm. Golden State Warriors. Kevin Durant made it when he was. At the, and I'm sorry. Let me, let me say that again. Kevin Durant played with the Oklahoma City Thunder. Now, when he played with the Oklahoma City Thunder, he was the MVP of the league. Great guy. People loved him. They called him Iceberg Slim. When he won his MVP, he dedicated the whole MVP to his mother. Fans loved him. They ate it up. They were all marks for him. But then Kevin Durant, last summer, decided to go to the enemy team. The team that defeated him after being up 3-1 against the Golden State Warriors. The Golden State Warriors triumphant return to greatness by beating the team that Kevin Durant was on. And what did Kevin Durant do? He said decided to join that team, the Golden State Warriors, and basically didn't give his partner in crime, Russell Westbrook, a heads up that he was leaving. He left. He went from being a good guy to a bad guy and didn't apologize it apologize for his actions or his new attitude at all. Justin Tell me in wrestling history where have you seen a good guy like Kevin Durant turn into a bad guy? Oh man, um, there were so many examples for that. <laughs> uh, obviously, to be honest, the first one that came to my mind uh, was like obviously Hogan leg dropping on Savage. Coming out there in the red and yellow, and then basically ripping the red and yellow off and joining these bad guys, being like, "Hey, this is the new world order. You guys, you guys don't, you guys don't got it." Ah, uh, Justin, are you talking about when Hulk Hogan, the great Hulk Hogan, made a heel turn and went from a good guy to a bad guy and joined the NWO? Is that what you're talking about? And turned on Team WCW and his best friend, the Macho Man of the Mega Powers. Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. That's wait a minute, wait a minute, Justin. Yeah. Justin, are you saying that <laughs> Russell Westbrook and Kevin Durant were good friends like Hulk Hogan and Macho Man Randy Savage, aka the Mega Powers, and Hulk Hogan of all people turned on him? Are you saying that this actually happened in wrestling first? Is that what you're saying? I sure am. <laughs> So there you go, everybody listening. I haven't, yeah. ta- <laughs> I haven't talked about this with Justin at all, but we're proving a point that we're all living in a in a in a wrestling story. Hey, hey, hey! Now go ahead and expl- go ahead and explain a little I bit more. Go go well go before we get to that. Explain a little bit more what all happened when Hulk Hogan made that heel turn. Sum it up in as as quick as you can. So basically, Hulk Hogan is the biggest baby face in professional wrestling from like. 1980 from the moment he appeared in rocky as thunder lips rocky 3 to 1996 so almost 10 11 years he's the biggest baby face um him and randy Savage an off and on relationship but they were best friends they were considered the mega powers and they were wcw scott hall and kevin ash came in from the wwf and they were dubbed the outsiders because technically they weren't wcw guys they were supposed to be perceived as wwf guys come to take over wcw infiltrate the company and uh and uh basically they said they're the third man 
and he was going to join them to help take down WCW. And it was a six-man tag match at WrestleMania. Two teams. So for basketball, there was two teams. There was the WCW team against the NW, well, the Outsiders team at this point. And, um, you know, that Outsiders took out Luger, they took out Sting, and it was down to the Savage bending off against both Outsiders. And out comes Hulk Hogan, and all his pride and glory when he's red and yellow, and coming to save the day, but instead of saving the day, he drops the big leg drop on the Macho Man, aha! And then, turned his back on the fans, he turned his back on his best friend, he turned his back on WCW, and he turned into the, in my mind, one of the greatest heels in professional wrestling history, because in my eyes, Hulk Hogan was always a heel, and when he actually was a heel, those were his true colors, and it was, it was great, it was phenomenal. Hulk Hogan, the bad guy with the outsiders, and he called it the New World Order of Wrestling, and that's exactly what it was. Exactly. I couldn't have said it better myself. Let me give you another example now to all of our listeners so I can prove to you all that wrestling is not just for, for what do you call them, misfits or whatever like that. You too, the regular yeah. person, the regular person is, a, is part of a wrestling. It's all, everything that you see on TV is nothing but a work. It's all a work. It's, it could have been written by Vince McMahon or Vince Russo himself. Here's another example. Uh, uh, sorry, Justin. Now, like I said, me and you have not talked at all. But here's a great example. We're going yeah. to stick into the world of the NBA basketball. LeBron James. You heard of LeBron James, right? Yeah, LeBron James is a uh, misfit himself. He follows the wrestling classic. And of course, how do you not know who LeBron James is? Like, wow. If you live in this generation, I don't even watch basketball that much, but I, like, if you don't know who LeBron James is, then wow. You're telling you must me be like, living on Mars or something. King James follows you? Yeah, King James follows the Rocky Classic. Unbelievable. I'm talking I'm talking to a yeah. I'm talking to a legend on the phone right here. I'm talking to you, bro. You know <laughs> seriously. Alright, here we go. LeBron James was originally uh, part of the Cleveland Cavaliers in 2010 he just like Kevin Durant made a heel change and went down and played in South Beach for the Miami Heat became part of a team called the Big Three with Dwayne Wade and Chris Bosh they were Pat Riley's boys and they ran hell on the NBA uh, they only won two championships and four attempts in the NBA finals but throughout his whole time being down to Miami Heat, he was a heel. People couldn't stand him. They felt like he turned his back on his city, his state. People hated him. But what happened? LeBron James decided to go home. Cleveland's own, Akron's own son came back home. I think it was 2014 he decided to come back home. And that's when he came back and rejoined the Cleveland Cavaliers. And guess what? Everybody loved him. He became a good guy again. Or in wrestling terms, a face. He went from heel to face. Justin, have you ever seen a story in wrestling where the guy came back home and that everybody loved him again. Can you think of a story? This is 
Uh, we'll, we'll stay on the terms of Hulk Hogan because I, I don't think there's a greater story than the Hulk Hogan coming home story. <laughs> I know right now we're currently having Kurt Angle coming home, but um, it's just at the brink of he's going in the Hall of Fame. We don't know if he's going to wrestle yet. And as far as um, a cheap plug for the WWE, the Hall of Fame is this Friday on the WWE Network. And um, if you want to see the the uh, reaction the crowd gives Kurt Angle when he first steps back on the Hall of Fame, in a, like a wrestling environment in the WWE, what's we'll the reaction that we don't know yet? But I want to go with Hulk Hogan because Hulk Hogan will always be the WWE's guy. He was the w- WWF at the time, Hulkamania, running wild, biggest star, carried that banner. Well, after WWF to go make movies, ended up signing a deal with Eric Bischoff to go to the WCW. Although Hogan made WCW a mega company, made a competition to the WWF, almost destroying the WWF as a company. Think about that. Picture being Vince McMahon, you create this guy, right? And this is why how they like the, the management of uh, the Cleveland Cavaliers. Like they built up this guy. They they made gave him a home. They they, they promote him as a top player. They, he was he was like the team poster child, basically. And then he leaves and he goes to a different team. He goes to the WCW and he's pretty much like destroying your company. Yes. Uh, winning championships. Yes. <laughs> recreating for becoming a huge star, even a bigger star. And then in 2002, when WCW closed, folded, no longer come. Hey, and another example there, you, you brought up how uh, LeBron went and, you know, hooked up with uh, Bosch and uh, Wade. It's like, you know, Hogan went to WCW, and there's the two other guys that were super hot at the time that were also WWF made, though. That's a little bit different, but Scott Hall and Kevin Nash, he put himself with them. And that was the team. That was the NWO. Yeah. You bring those three guys, this is worth a little bit different, those three guys come back to the WWF. And the only one that was getting a home welcome, cheered for louder than anybody else when you touched that mic and No Way Out in 2002, when the NWO came back to the WWF in 2002, after, a, year, a year after WCW closed its doors. Hogan was cheered like a baby face. Hogan because no home. matter what, even while he was a heel when he came back, the WWF crowd loved him, and that was his home. When he faced off against The Rock at WrestleMania 18, he was the bad guy. But the fans loved him so much because he's WWF that they cheered him. And then I think it was Montreal when Hogan switched from the black, from the white, and went back to the red and yellow. And he had one of the longest ovations from the crowd. Oh, yeah. I think it was a and like it went on for like I think eleven minutes or something, and he just soaked in because they welcomed him. They welcomed him back home with open arms. And the moment he came back, that like that just showed that like yeah, he went to WWE. He made them tons of money. He won championships. He hooked up with the he had it was a part of the hardest angle in professional wrestling of all time in my mind. Because if there wasn't the NWO, there wouldn't be an Attitude Era. There wouldn't be DX. There wouldn't be Stone Cold running rapid with a beer truck that wouldn't have happened if they didn't have to compete against this other company in That's the NWO right. that is uh, and then he came back and then and then he came back home and he became a gay guy again and he was loved and he was he was at the end of the day like whatever he did WCW didn't even matter because he was Hulk Hogan yeah and Hulk Mania still was running wild like LeBron James Mania still running wild when he got back to Cleveland and didn't die yeah it's, it's right. on hold it needed, it needed a break you're right. You're 100% right. And it's crazy because I wasn't even think this is why you're the wrestling classic and I'm and I'm just a a podcast guy because I was thinking about 
just from a small standpoint, Shawn Michaels going home. You know, I, I wasn't even thinking about in as elaborate as you made it, but you're 100% right. I was just thinking about Shawn Michaels coming back home, Texas own town. You know, I was thinking about one of those moments, but yeah, yeah you're 100% right. Thank you just for breaking that down. I got a couple more. Now, uh, okay, you, I'm having fun with this. This is great. Yeah, now, <laughs> now check this out. Um, right now, ESPN is the uh, ESPN since probably its conception has been the worldwide leader in sports. You want to go to sport, you you want to get your sports, you go to directly to ESPN. It's all, it's in every hotel. It comes standard with just about every cable package you you want. You want sports, everybody knows you go to ESPN. Uh, they had some of the biggest personalities, you name it, uh, for years, ESPN. But then all of a sudden, Fox, Fox, Fox was known for the Fox regular channel, the home of the Simpsons, uh, married with children. Then it evolved into Fox News, where you see Bill O'Reilly and Sean Hannity and the stuff like that. And the Fox, the, how the hot Fox News girls. Then all of a sudden, Fox decides... You know what? We're going to get into the sports business. And we and they created FS1, Fox Sports 1. And you know what ended up happening? Fox Sports started taking ESPN guys. What do you know? Colin Cowherd, a ESPN guy, the brand of ESPN, the hottest show on the hottest radio show on ESPN. What do you know? They paid him big money to go from the East Coast in Bristol, Connecticut to the West Coast in Los Angeles. And now he is on, what do you know, FS1. If it wasn't that, if that wasn't bad enough, the hottest show, hottest sports debate show in sports history is First Take. Stephen A. Smith and Skip Bayless. What do you know? Skip Bayless' contract was up. What do you know? FS1 paid him big money, a million dollars more than W. I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Than, than ESPN, than ESPN. What? This is all true. Then ESPN wanted to pay him. They suckered him in to leaving his home in Bristol to come to Los Angeles and start up FS1. And these are just those. Those are just the. Those are just the main names. There are more and more to go. Justin from the Wrestling Classic, can you name an example in Wrestling Classic history where a company might have taken a taken the WWE's talent and brought them, I don't know, down south? Can you think of something like that that may have happened? I was gonna say that to you because when you said the whole they went from the East Coast to the West Coast, I'm like, that's really going from New York down in Atlanta, Georgia. So, <laughs> well, what are you talking about, yeah, Justin? No, Explain uh, that. <laughs> That's that's WCW for you. That's that's Ted Turner who had a you know a multi million dollar billion dollar network television you know company where he had CNN and all that T and what was the TNT I think back in those days and all yep, the Superstation yep. yes. here in Canada I think it was called but you know the Ted Turner was this television mogul he he owned television at this point almost um like so many of the most popular networks for movies and television shows and sitcoms and sports he had sports he had football and he had baseball i mean not football he had baseball basketball 
And uh, he decided he wanted to get into the wrestling business because he was a wrestling fan and he um, borrowed Jim Crockett Promotions and they went off with WCW. So obviously there was a few, uh, whatever years of WCW, first like, they were still really good years, but they just won when WCW was at its peak, they weren't financially doing well. Popping Eric Bischoff, um, who had a plan, a man of the plan. And that's exactly what happened. Once that happened, they started taking guys to the WWF, you know, taking people that were pretty much built in the WWF that were like the face of the company were suddenly showing up in WCW. I'm talking about like Hulk Hogan, the Macho Man, um, Big Boss Man, uh, Virgil, Ted DiBiase, all these faces were showing up in WCW. Um, and they were WWF guys. They, 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 this was their competition, and they were taking their guys a big money contract. Um, you mentioned at one point there was, there was a guy that went from ESPN to Fox because ESPN didn't want to pay them pay him as much as Fox wanted to pay him. What you that's that's like the, literally the story of Brett the Hitman Hart. Yeah, yeah. That is uh, that is that that is Brett in 1997 wanting to stay with the WWF, but having this the guaranteed the million dollar contract sitting on the other side of the table at WCW that he couldn't refuse and, and if the WWF offered to pay him even close to that amount he'd stay and they said they couldn't do it so he went to WCW um, it's totally it's, the, the, honestly when you're saying it the, the, the only thing that could come to mind is WCW versus WWF and yes. these guys were the originals these guys were the brand name these guys came in as competition so taking their guys with big money contracts and made themselves competition yeah exactly yeah. and we, like i said me and you have not talked i know people don't we have not talked but you are i'm telling you right now you're three for three i'm gonna give one more and then we're gonna go break down this weekend uh the whole wrestling thing now check me yeah we're gonna break I, it down. and i i'm telling you right now like, and i'm being completely honest with you like i i don't all of the stuff that you tell me besides the lebron james thing going to cleveland and miami like i already knew that but the stuff about Durant and the stuff about ESPN, like, this is all new to me. I've never even heard this stuff. Like, oh, and this is fast, brother. I, I, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't keep up with sports as much as you probably think I might. I used to a lot. I used to be a huge hockey fan and a huge basketball fan and a little bit of a football fan. But I, I don't know what happened in the last like five, ten years. Like honestly, my life has been a wrestling bubble. Yeah. So I, I, I hear about stuff. I hear about stuff. I watch highlights. I hear these things. But I don't really know for sure. Like the details and the, the you're giving me these examples in great detail. Yeah. Like I'm, I'm, I'm literally learning this from you, and I'm coming up with these examples. So that tells you how much you look to like. Yeah, and, 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 and let's get one more, the last one, and uh, <laughs> this probably might be an easy one for you. It might not be, but it, whether it's easy or hard for you, uh, pause. I want everybody to know that this is real life. This is really happening, but it happened in wrestling first. <clears throat> now, Donald Trump. Now Donald Trump is now oh, God. Donald Trump is now the president of the United States, and he is he's president of the United States with a lot of conflict and a lot of controversy. But he wasn't always this asshole. Some would say that we see or we watch tweet. Now there was a time in the early '90s where Donald Trump was actually liked amongst people. He would show up on celebrity roasts. He would show up on Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. People liked the Donald, as they called him. Then all of a sudden, he decided he wanted to run for president of the United States. And it started before 2015, 2016. It actually started when President Obama was the president of the United States. 
And I think in Donald Trump's mind, he felt like, well, hell, if he can become president, anybody can become president. So Donald Trump went from a likable guy who showed up at boxing events, wrestling events, all type of sports events, and, and shook people's hands, kissed babies, people of all nationalities, women, men, you name it. Everybody loved the Donald as he showed up in movies, TV shows. He hosted Celebrity Apprentice. So for the most part, people thought he was a nice guy. But then that nice guy decided in order to be president of the United States, can't run as a Democrat, got to run as a Republican. That means I have to run to the right because you don't win elections. Let me get a little bit political here. You don't win elections being in the middle like Hillary Clinton. You got to be all the way to the left or all the way to the right. That's how you get your base. So Donald Trump decided to go all the way to the right. And he became this billionaire asshole. Who said that? Yes, I said it. Billionaire asshole. Where he decided to say the things that that part of America was thinking. He didn't care if he offended anybody. He said what he wanted to say. Yes, Donald Trump was elected president of the united states the 45th president by being a billionaire asshole justin from the wrestling classic can you think of anywhere in wrestling history where we've seen a billionaire asshole <laughs> i think it's the it's just the art of the beast um everybody likes you when you're not doing anything that affects them and everybody like it, 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 I don't I put a promo up on uh, my page yesterday and it was triple it was, it was a part of it was a part of the promo Triple H was cutting with Seth Rollins yes the great promo bro. and I, I didn't I, I, I didn't I, yeah I'm pretty sure he posted it I didn't I didn't relate it that way I just thought it was very like there's obviously some parts where you're like, okay, he's a heel, he's in the face. stuff like where he's a part where he's like, screw everybody, like that, that's him being a heel. He's still a heel character. But the gist of that promo, like what he's saying, it's true. And anybody that's reached any level of success knows that. Everybody wants to be on your team, everybody wants to support you, but the moment you hit a certain point, they don't like you no more because they think, you know, ask this guy, he thinks, like, I think, um, it's been it's been a common place in professional wrestling that if you're rich and you're successful, you're the bad guy. It's just it is what it is. The million dollar man was the bad guy. Vince McMahon, the rich billionaire, was the bad That's guy. That's who I was talking about, um, Vince McMahon. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know what I mean. Like as long as you're like the authority, Triple H and Stephanie McMahon, say they're the successful, they're the billionaires, they're the owners, they're the bad guys. Everyone wants to be the anti-establishment against the authority. Everybody wants. Oh, those guys are in charge. They're the boss. They're loaded. They they don't understand us. They can't relate to us. F that guy. Mm -hmm. so it's cool when you're doing TV shows and showing up to events. Like, don't worry about. Everybody's gonna love. Um, here's another example. Like everyone will love Jay Z and Beyonce. They call them the King Queen. Oh, they're the greatest ever. They're looking at doing this stuff over here. That this basketball event. This that. If they tried running, saying they're gonna run the country, people would turn on them. Oh Instantly. yeah. I don't give a. Like, <laughs> uh, you know, if, if Kim Kardashian and Kanye West wanted to run this country, like they have, I, I hate the society we live in, but Kim Kardashian is mainstream. She is who she is. Everybody knows who she is all around the world. She is probably one of the most popular figures on the planet. And that sucks. In my mind, that sucks. But like, this is what it is. Yeah. Um, Kanye is a, a genius. I always, I don't, like, honestly, he's a little cuckoo, but I, I 
I'm a Macho Man fan. I believe you need to embrace the madness. Nobody that was sane did anything important. You yeah. have to be a little mad. Yeah, <laughs> you know, that's, that's true. That is true. Mr. Mad is a little mad. Yeah. You know, uh, you know, Steve Jobs is a little mad. You know, it's either anger, it's either, it's either like psychoticness. You can't be a normal every day. I'm going to go have a beer, eat my steak dinner, go to the club person and make a difference and do something. Cool. You have to be a little fucking crazy. Um, but if Kanye and Kim Kardashian said they're going to actually run for office, like people would turn on them so fast. Yeah. Um, power, power scares people. Yeah. Being rich and powerful are the two things you people want to support. People like you got to hide that part of you. Donald Trump couldn't hide that. Vince McMahon couldn't hide that. You know the characters like Alberto Del Rio, Millie Del Matt, they flaunted it on purpose so you would hate them so they could gain that heat. Um, it's just it's just the way the world is, you know. And that yeah. promo by Triple H talking about Seth Rollins, there's truth to that. I, I, I'm on both ends of the spectrum, you know, uh, being someone that's not as rich as someone like someone, sometimes like, you know, after they don't get it, they're loaded, they're millionaires, they didn't. He married the boss's daughter, he didn't have to work for anything, you know, and that's the sort of the spite and the jealousy, the fact that maybe I, I wish I was where he was at. Yeah. But at the same time, I've been on the other side of the spectrum where people look at me and they're like, you know, this guy doesn't get it, look, he lives in a nice house, he has this thing, he's doing that, he's driving a nice car, but really, like, they don't know nothing about me, they're judging me from what I have, it's just, if you have stuff, you're going to be a bad guy. Being successful makes you a bad guy in people's eyes. You're going to be surrounded by people that are going to be fake to you. Then you're going to have a really hard time to figure out who, who really are your friends and who really aren't. And it's, it's Donald Trump was not well. The worst thing that guy ever did was run for president. <laughs> you said, what was it? Oh, yeah, run for president. Yeah, you're right. As, you're right. Because if he, if he never did that, he would still be like, you know, I still think people would appreciate him. But people would not know all this dirty stuff about him. People would have, people, you know, the stuff you think but, of grabbing chicks in the, the vagina and stuff. Like, I get that. That's whatever. I mean, like, I don't agree with that whatsoever. I don't. But I'm just saying, like, Howard Stern can do that on a radio show for years, yeah. talk dirty and do stupid stuff. Like, he could be. But he couldn't have the president. <laughs> Jerry Springer can make a whole show around controversy like that. But he couldn't run for president. Get away with it. <laughs> yeah. Because it's okay. But he can't run for president because that's the type of stuff that gets aired out and makes, you know, yeah. that's the whole thing. But, but can we yeah. agree that that... that Donald Trump running for president is like is, is the same thing. If you traded Donald Trump's name and put Vince McMahon on there, would we? It would probably be the same thing. I mean, seriously, Donald oh, Trump. 110%. Donald it's Trump a, and Vince, Vince McMahon are the same president. person. <laughs> oh yeah, no, pretty much the the homies too. Uh, obviously, like Trump and the WWF go way back. Nineteen eighty, yeah, nineteen eighty seven. No, nineteen eighty eight and nineteen eighty nine. WrestleManias were held in Trump Plaza in Atlantic City back in the 80s, and their relationship goes way back. You know, obviously he was involved in WrestleMania 23, he shaved Vince McMahon's head, he bought Raw in like 2009. Like, you know, Vince has been on the Celebrity Apprentice, and I was a huge fan of the Celebrity Apprentice show. And um, it's the same thing. Like, you know, and, and I, I, I don't know for sure because I'm not in there. I've never worked with the guy. I don't know, but I, I kind of I consider myself a wrestling historian like I, I do my research and read everything i can read i listen to podcasts i i gather all the information and from everything i've heard like if this ran for president it'd be the same type of chaos like people yeah, so much be. dirty you know people are bringing up people will be bringing up like deaths and wrestling and sex scandals oh, and this and that yes, yes. wrongful treatment like and all this stuff that like you know right now it's obviously still there but it's not that big of a deal as bad as that sounds it's just not that big of a deal because like 
he's not doing anything that has any reason for people to put the spotlight on him and be like, yeah, you did this. But if he ran for president, all that dirty laundry, all those skeletons in his closet, they're going to come out, you know? Right. And that's what happened to Donald Trump. Like, when he wasn't doing anything like this, it was all cool, it was all fun and games. Yeah, I watched the apprentice get funny, huh? I was walking and he got fired. Look at his hair, the toupee or not. And then the moment that he runs for president, all those skeletons came out of the closet. All those things that were bad about him were, you know, they were spotlighted. And yeah, that's, 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 that's real life imitating art. That's art imitating real life. Exactly. It's, I couldn't have put it better. Close. Wrestling is an art. Yes. It's, it's, it's a TV show. It's a movie. It's a, it's a theater. Yes. And um, it's an athletic theater. And life is life. And these four examples that you just gave me right now just show how art imitates life and life well, imitates art. Well, well, let me give you, let me tell you the reason why. Because sports is on cable TV. The news is yeah. on, the news is on cable TV. It, essentially, Fox News is competing with the WWE. ESPN is competing with the WWE. So, I'm not a mark for the situation. I know that there are times where you know, I'm not a I'm not a 12 year old kid watching the NBA. I know that there's some back. Yeah, yeah. I know there's something being pulled, some strings being pulled in the back that we'll probably never find out about. The only difference between uh, what we see in politics and in sports is that the WWE tells you up front we're sports entertainment. Those guys are sports entertainment too. Politics is politics entertainment. That's why you have these these. That's how Bill O'Reilly is making. Twenty million a year, off off that by by. Well, if it, if it's on TV, if it's on TV, yeah, you want people to watch it. That's that's the bottom. That's what television is. If it's on, it's on TV. You want people to watch it. If nobody's watching that, yeah, then you're not going to be on TV for long. Like, that's just especially the, cable TV. Right? Especially cable TV. Once it hits, oh, once it hits cable TV, yeah, it's all about ratings, and you got to do what you got to do so, to keep keep the people tuned in. Yeah, like you were saying, it's about storylines, right? Yeah. Everything in the wrestling tells a story each and every week. When you turn on the news, you want to hear a story. If they didn't have a story to go with whatever bullshit they're screwing, <laughs> yeah. then why would I... What, why, what makes me want to switch from this news channel to the other news channel? Because now they're competing with each other. You know, you got Fox to be with CNN and CNN competing with, you know, this, you know, like... Because there's so many news. Like, it's like, well, if you, yeah, cable TV is huge. Like, if you, cable TV is like the biggest competition, but man... There's like over 5,000 channels these days. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But just, we got to move on, brother. I'm glad you were able to uh, go four for four on that. You, Like I said, we didn't discuss this at all. I just gave you some examples. We haven't talked since 2015. We haven't talked since uh, Sting came back. And now Sting is retired. Holy fuck, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I remember it all, brother. Follow Inside the Cave on Instagram at Inside the Cave and at Cave Crush for the hottest women on the planet. Like Inside the Cave on Facebook, Inside the Cave Podcast, and follow Inside the Cave on Twitter at Cave Crush. Inside the Cave. Thought-provoking in-ring guy talk with special guests and Cave Crush interviews. All right, let's move on, man. Big weekend, WrestleMania weekend, as they used to say, the granddaddy event of them all. Uh, let's start with, first of all, the Hall of Fame is actually Friday this year. It's not Saturday. Uh, tell all our listeners who's going into the Hall of Fame this year, bro. Um, I think the three that I'm extremely, I'm often happy for, I don't get me wrong, 
um, the three that stand out the most to me, the three that I think um, are deser- like completely deserving to be in there sooner than later. One is like very long overdue, and that's Ravishing McRude. Um, if you guys don't know who Ravishing McRude is, I'm pretty shocked. Um, but I won't be too shocked if you're younger, obviously. Um, but if you're like older and you've been watching wrestling from the 80s and 90s and you don't know who Rick Rude is, I'd be pretty shocked. If you don't know who Rick Rude is, turn this podcast <laughs> off right now. If you don't know who Rick Rude is. Rick Rude. Oh, man, Ravish, Rick Rude, man. Swing of he was Val Venus before Val Venus, man. He was, uh, he was, um, he deserves to be. He's, he's obviously not with, he's no longer with us. Um, every year they try to put uh, at least one, I, I don't know how to pronounce it, posthumous, like someone that passed away in the Hall of Fame. Yeah. Um, I think last year it was Big Boss Man. The year before that it was uh, Macho Man, obviously, my favorite of all time. And then this year's Ravish and Rick Rude, also very deserving. Um, like I said, they, they only try to put one person that can't physically be there in the Hall of Fame a year, and this year's Rick Rude. I know a lot of people will be like, what about Baby Boy, what about Owen, what about Bam Bam? All these guys will eventually get put in the Hall of Fame. But this year's Rick Rude, he deserves it. The other two guys that I'm really big on, um, going into the field, obviously, Diamond Dallas Page, DDP. Yeah. Man, that guy deserves it. I don't think he just deserves it. For, like, he had a tremendous wrestling career. He really did. Um, I was a DDP fan when I was, like, a little kid. You know, he was, up, he was like, one of the guys that was, up against the NWO that actually seemed like he could beat them and stuff and you know dropping diamond cutters before RKO's out of nowhere like the guy was just cool man and, and uh his WWF run was kind of whatever it was cool his stalker gimmick at first was cool but the draw I don't think he did much after that but I think his biggest accomplishment is what he's doing today with DDP yoga yeah. um I know it sounds it's, it's not your his, I think his tagline is it's not your mama's yoga because it's not it's, it's it's yoga that anybody can do, male, female. It's, it's just not categorized as like that, you know, chicks going to yoga and stuff. And he's helped so many, like, he's set Scott Hall and Jake Snake Robert, not like, like their lives back in order. Like, these guys are, like, we're lucky that they're even still alive and with us, hey, with all the great wrestlers at half past really cool. Like, I, I strongly believe that Jake Snake Roberts would probably be dead if it wasn't for DDP and DDP. Oh, yoga. Scott Hall, too. Scott right? Hall would probably be dead. Scott Hall would probably be dead if it wasn't for DDP and DDP. Yoga. Both those guys live long enough to not be the Rick Rude of the Hall of Fame. They got to be inducted in the Hall of Fame and be there in person and tell their speech. And, and it's because of DDP and DDP Yoga. Like, if that man does not get a standing ovation at the Hall of Fame this year for what he's done outside of wrestling until this very day, man, the positivity that guy's feels and that, the way he's helping these wrestlers that were addicted to pills and alcohol and drugs and getting their lives back in order, like, I'm not extremely ecstatic that DDP is going to the Hall of Fame. Obviously, the third biggest, the number one biggest guy going into this year is Kurt Angle. Yeah. Nah, that guy was in the WWE. That guy was in the WWF for six years and accomplished more than guys that have been there for ten years have. He is an Olympic gold medalist. He's an NCAA cha- like world champion. He's a TNA champion. Even though they don't, they're not going to acknowledge that. He pretty much put that company. He made that company watchable for many years. Um, he was a former IWGP champion, which is like New Japan Wrestling is the WWF in Japan. And it's not an independent promotion. It's literally the WWF Japan League. That is as big in like Asia and Europe as WWF is in Europe and in North America. That's what New Japan Pro Wrestling is. And uh, he was a champion there. And honestly, just one of the greatest, just natural greatest wrestlers of all time. And he's mad. The guy was funny. He could be serious. He could do it all. Like he was a total package. And he deserves to be in the Hall of Fame. I'm glad he's back with the WWF. I still hope he does wrestle because there's so many matches I want to see in the house. But he deserves on it. Like. I'm a Kurt Angle mark, so I, I love it. Those are the three that I've gone in. There's also Teddy Long, the Rock and Roll Express, wow. Phoenix. Wow. And uh, I, I love that Beth Phoenix is going in, I really do. Um, 
I just, I honestly, personal opinion, I think, you know, the likes of Miss Elizabeth, Luna Vachon, China, Sable, like, those girls should be going in the Hall of Fame first. But it's cool. I love that Phoenix. She did a lot. She was in a period where I wasn't really watching women's wrestling. She stood out to me. So that says a lot. Well, let, let me, let me, uh, let me read. Rock go ahead, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. No, go ahead. No, I'm because Rocco and Spaff is great. They deserve it. And also, of course, Teddy Long, player, player, like as a man. So, yeah. yeah. So, what were you going to say? Well, let me recap what you just said. Uh, Rick Rude, uh, before X Pac, was the only member or the first member to be part of new world order and dx or actually dx first then new world order so uh the nwo as they call it so uh rick rude is a- I, look, I look at rick rude and i'm like rick rude has been part of some of the greatest factions of all time like yeah. four of them i always say four because yes he was a part of dx yes he was part of the nwo this guy was also part of paul Heyman's dangerous line yeah paul Heyman to me is one of the greatest managers of all time and this was pulling him in the early 90s. That's where Rick Rude was in WCW in the early 90s. He was part of Paul Heyman at the time, Paul Lee Dangerous, please. Dangerous Alliance. So he got to hook up with Paul Heyman, one of the greatest managers of all time. And then he also got to hook up with Bobby Heenan, and he was part of the Heenan family. That's correct, like, brother. Dude, this, guy is, this guy was part of the Heenan family, Bobby Heenan, the Dangerous Alliance with Paul Heyman, DX with Shawn Michaels and Triple H, and the NWO with the Who's Who of Wrestling from Bret Hart, Kurt Henning, Macho Man, Hulk Hogan. Scott Hall, Kevin, like you know what I mean? Like everybody was part of the NWO at one point. So like, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's huge. Like, you he, know, like he is well deserved. And uh yeah, and now let's yeah. uh then also um I actually thought China would have been just because, you know, she died last year, I thought they were gonna squeeze her in this year too. So uh they didn't do that. I but, think she'll I, I I think she'll definitely go in. Um once again it goes back to that factor that I think they only like to induct one person that hasn't um, passed away. Right, I mean, that right. can't be there for passed away at right. a time. Um, maybe they'll do one woman and one guy next year or something because they, they, they need to get Miss Elizabeth in there. They, they need to get China in there, you know? Right, right, right. And um, uh, also- I think I think Fable deserves to be there because Fable was like the highlight of the attitude year for the first half. Like, and she helped that product take off and compete with Nitro because like everybody fucking loves Fable. And that's crazy and, that, uh, that Trish Stratus is in there before, before Sable. Trish Stratus, Sonny, uh, Lita. Yeah, well, Sunny fits in. Sunny was like the first diva in my yeah. mind. Yeah, Sunny sure. was the original diva. Trish and Lita deserve to be in there too. Don't get me wrong, but I, I, I just think before you skip this whole generation and get to like the Beth Phoenixes and the Eve Torreses and the Kelly Kelly thing, that only felt like it was five, ten years ago. Like if you're gonna skip to that generation, let's get those people in first. Yeah, you're <laughs> you right know, yeah. let's get the Medusas, the Wendy Wickers, who are already in the hall. Let's get those people in. Let's get the Luna Vachon. Yeah. Let's now, get the now when it comes to Miss um, Elizabeth. Now, when it comes to uh, to DDP, it's crazy to me. I, I think he's a big star and he des- deserves it. But the guy who's inducting him deserves to be in there before him, if you ask me, Eric Bischoff. I mean, you're talking about a guy who, um, I mean, they were, I am we wouldn't the, even know DDP if it wasn't for Bischoff. The, the biggest Eric Bischoff, Bischoff mark ever. I and I and I, I have it on my page. If you follow me, like that whole "it ain't easy being king" gimmick that I play, like I, it's, that's a rip of Eric Bischoff's "Hard Being King." There was one promo in I think August of 1998 yeah. when they're whooping WWE's asses in the ratings, where Eric Bischoff is sitting in the middle of the ring on a motorcycle, and there's a spotlight on him, and he's just talking about how they've been whipping the WWF's ass. He's like, "It's hard being king," and I'm like. That's it. Yeah. That's what the wrestling class is going to be because I love Eric Bischoff. Um, obviously, he's had his mistakes. He's not the perfect person in the world. 
But the Eric Bischoff character is so arrogant and so cheesy and so easy to hate that I'm like, if I was ever on TV, I want to be like Eric Bischoff. More people to hate me like it's just like I love Vince and I love Paul Heyman. I think those three in the late '90s made wrestling what it was. Um, you can't give either any of them more credit than the other. Um, Heyman had the underground ECW was just a genius. Like Heyman deserves to be in the Hall of Fame. Bischoff deserves to be in the Hall of Fame. Vince says he's never going to put himself in his own Hall of Fame, but he definitely deserves to be there. Those three guys and their team, like obviously Vince had Pat Patterson and Russo on his team, and like Heyman had his guys that he trusted, and Bischoff had his WCW crew and Ted Turner's money. Like, but what the what they did in that late, like wrestling has never been as big as it was in the late nineties. Yeah. Admit that, right? Oh yeah, oh yeah. There's nothing like that Monday Night Wars. Yeah. Well, and and we're going to talk about this later on. I want to get. Um, yeah, you brought up a good point. It'll never get to that. And I, when I saw, like, when you when you put that uh, clip of Triple H, it made me reminded me so much of what's missing. But we'll get to that in one second. Uh, let's get into this. Uh, Saturday, right before WrestleMania, is going to be a lot of events going on. Uh, but also the WWE Next Takeover. Now, tell us about Next Takeover. Now, that's I keep hearing about that show, and I have watched it, but I haven't watched it since. Uh, uh, since the girls, the four horse women, uh, made it to the big stage, so I really haven't kept up. Honestly, with I, I've been the same way. I'm, and I'm, I'm ashamed to say, it. when it comes to NXT, um, I haven't watched it that much anymore. I, I love Shinsuke. I'm a huge Bobby Roode fan. I love Tommy. Uh, I mean Johnny Gargano and uh, Tommaso Ciampa. Like I love, I love what they're doing with. Um, I love the revival. I love what they're doing with the authors of pain. I think they're like two guys you can't like. They have everything there, but I just, I personally haven't been watching NXT either. Um, it's, it's a time thing, and it's, uh, and it's just, it's just, it's, it's, it's not, I feel like, and it's, like, and it sounds so bad for me to say, like, and they can obviously revive it at any point, but the glory days were there, and when they were on top, they took so many guys and threw them on the main roster so fast that it kind of slowed the momentum of NXT down, like, yeah. The days of Sami Zayn, Kevin Owens, Sasha Banks, Charlotte, Becky Lynch, you know, like Finn Balor, the Samoa Joe, they were all there at once. It was like you wanted to watch it. It was like another show. It's yeah. still like another show, but it just, I've been missing out. I'll say this I don't really know the card that well. I know there's going to be uh, Shinsuke vs. Bobby Roode. That match will be great. Yeah, no, no, wait, be, let's, uh, let's, 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 slow down, slow down, slow down. When did Bobby Roode yeah. come, to, come to next? Because he was. Uh, TNA guy like 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 a lot of those guys AJ and Samoa and all those. But when did when did Bobby Root? Because I I felt like Bobby, if anybody, should have been originally with WCW. I don't think Bobby Root, from what I remember about him at TNA, had to even shouldn't even had to go to TNA to even make it to next. I think he should have been the problem. He has the look. He has the moves. I mean, I've he can been talk. A, I've been a Bobby Root fan since he was in Team Canada, and I'm talking like 2005 here. Like I've and what I honestly I liked him he had the long hair I like uh, he's always kind of reminded me of Triple H in a weird way yeah um, so like what took him so long to get to, to get to WWE and um and why are they putting him I don't know he, he got there last year um and the reason I think he's on NXT is this and the same reason why I think Shinsuke is in the same reason I think a lot of people are there is they need to keep it relevant they built it up so much that it's like this alternative other product that they have it's not just a development that they need people on there to make people keep watching it. If you took everyone and threw them on the main roster, there's two things that are going to happen. One, NXT is going to flounder and be like, well, there's nobody on there that I want to watch anyway. There's no drawing power for NXT. Like, who are we going to watch? Why are we going to go to the NXT TakeOver? Who's wrestling who? 
So from that business standpoint, I get that. Like, okay, shit, we have to keep people on there. As much as we love to see Bobby Roode and Shinsuke on the main roster, there needs to be people on NXT for people to want to watch it um, while they build new stars under them. The second thing is if Bobby Roode is on the main roster, is there a chance he'd get lost in the shuffle? Is there a chance he'd be like not getting the actual push or the being used as the potential he should be used at? There's a huge chance of that happening because there's already so many top stars in the main roster. It's like, we're, like, look, the fact that AJ Styles and I, I'm not against the match, and we'll talk about this later for sure. The fact that AJ Styles is facing Shane McMahon at WrestleMania says a lot. You know, like yeah, yeah, we're gonna get to that. Like the like. Like it's it's uh, you can't as much as you want to see everybody on the main roster. There's only so many top spots that like some people would just get like look at Sami Zayn and Cesaro. These are the guys that you think should be on the top of the card, but Cesaro is stuck in a tag team with Sheamus and Sami Zayn is like one minute fighting feuding with Braun, one minute feuding with Owens, one minute I don't even know what's going on. Like I don't even know where he's placed on the card properly at the rest of I think he's on the Giant Battle Royal now. Like what? Like. He would have just been better at NXT, you say, and you had a better on SmackDown. So that's where I think that perception comes from. Um, yeah. yeah. Now, well, well, so you got to remember that. Well, let's yeah. get, let's get to let's get to the um, the main show WrestleMania. Uh, run down the card for me. I only know a couple things on there. I'm going to watch it regardless. But run down the card for me. Um, and I'll, so and I'll sure. ask, and I'll, and I'll ask my if, questions. If then. you are if you are if you are going to Orlando and you are going to go to WrestleMania, go to NXT Takeover. Because um, I went last year, I left down and got front row seats right next to the aisle, and it was probably the most fun show I went to that entire week. Obviously, WrestleMania was a blast, and the Raw after WrestleMania was a blast. But the, there's something special about that NXT crowd. Yeah, I keep there's hearing something it. I keep special hearing. about being in that, in that. And it's something special about being in that smaller venue because Raw still was an all-state arena, which is an arena. And then you know, WrestleMania was in that huge AT&T stadium, but NXT was in this convention center. And man, like it was just—it was a smaller, more intimate venue, and it was just so much fun. <laughs> yeah, and I heard there's gonna be a couple surprises uh, from uh, never know who might show up at this next uh, NXT event. But let's get to the big show. Well, that's a perfect. Here's a perfect. I know, but that's a perfect example. You asked me when did Bobby would get there last year when I was in NXT in Dallas the night or two nights before WrestleMania. They showed Bobby Roode in the crowd, and that's where the hype started coming. That Bobby oh, Roode really? happened at that show. So, like, something like that could happen this year. They might show, like, you know, Kyle O'Reilly or Adam Cole in the crowd. They might, you know, you never know what's going to happen. Nice, nice, right? nice, nice. Yeah, and, and then Triple H is doing a good job with, with, with that. And, and everybody who always, for people that knows wrestling, they always say Triple H is gonna trying to keep somebody down don't want to put nobody over he's you can't say that watching how he how he's developed i mean nameless of people i mean you count them i mean just all types of stars from that whole next i think i think it's because i think there's a lot that's a whole that's a whole separate podcast talking about triple h yeah (laughs) you're right about that that would be a whole that'd be a whole different show but i think there's truth to both sides i think there was a time where triple h as a as an active weekly character on television was trying to keep himself over to now the Triple H who isn't on every week but is more of a behind the scenes guy who's trying to develop for the future his perspective of what he wanted for himself was different at two points in his life maybe back then he was chopping people by the leg but now he's trying to build people because now he's he's the, he's the corporate man so 
that's a whole different podcast of who Triple H is. But anyways, let's get to WrestleMania. Let's get to it. <laughs> All right, run it down. Run it down. I'll ask my questions as you break it down match by match. Go ahead. I don't. I so we're, we're. I don't know when this is going up, but we're currently recording this on Tuesday of March. Uh, 28, 2017. Right, meaning we haven't seen SmackDown yet. Yeah. Yeah, meaning that SmackDown is coming on today, and there might be matches added to the card last minute, but I don't know. Some stipulations might change. I'm really hoping that the AJ Styles, Shane McMahon match gets a stipulation tonight, because I don't want to see them in a competitive singles one-on-one match. If it's Shane McMahon's involved, it needs to be a street fight. It needs to be no holes bar. It needs to be something. Okay. But anyways, let's run down the card. Well, let's stay there. You just brought up Shane. Um, you just you brought up Shane McMahon and AJ Styles. Let's stay there for a second. AJ okay, Styles. Okay. AJ Styles to me is money. You talking about the face of WWE? It should be AJ Styles to me. That guy is money. I mean, I find him. I think he's the face of SmackDown. I think most of the SmackDowns are built around AJ Styles. If Cena's there, Orton's there, Wyatt's there. Cena and Orton are so established and so such made men that it doesn't even matter what they do. They're, they're, they're the made It's weird for me to think, because, and I know it probably sounds weird to you too, because we grew up with the likes of Hogan and Savage and Austin and The Rock and Bret Hart and Shawn Michaels. These were just like such a, and Rick Flair, like such legends, right? But we're older now, and when we look at kids that are like 10 years younger than us, that are probably like, 15 or 16 or just hitting 20 and stuff like they look at guys like John Cena and Randy Orton and they're like wow these guys are legends and I'm like you know what that's true though I might not think it the same way I think about Randy Orton and John Cena the guys that are really really good but technically they're legends man. They're, they're, they're made men they're, they're established guys and AJ's the only guy that's not established with the WWE and I consider him to be the new face of Smackdown he is the face of that brand because he's a new guy. The established guys are there. It's like, it's like 2005 Monday Night Raw. Like Shawn Michaels is on the show. He's not the face of the company. He's on the show. He's an established guy. He's yeah. a legend. But John Cena was the face of the show. No? Yeah. No, but That's how I see it. To, to, to me, I just don't understand how AJ lost, what he lost the, the belt at Royal Rumble. Like, Why? And then, and then for, I think, and I then think, for, wait, wait, wait a minute, and then for Cena just to win and then lose it, what, a couple weeks later? Like, well, well, that, that reminded me of the finger poke of doom. Nash, Nash broke the streak with, with Goldberg, and then all of a sudden he loses the title the next week to Hogan. Like, what was that all about? Like, you just took off all the momentum off Styles. Like, why would you do that? That's why I didn't get uh, The way I thought was the best. Um, one, they needed to they needed to put the nail in the coffin for right now in the John Cena AJ Styles rivalry, and um, I think the long term plan all along was we'll put Styles over Cena, and they did they did it twice they put Styles over Cena. I, I, technically, they did it three times, uh, but at the end, Cena needs to get at least one win over Styles, and that's what they did. Um, I think the long-term goal was put the belt on Bray Wyatt. I think and have Randy win the Rumble. I think that was the plan. But how are we going to get there? Now, this is Justin the Booker coming in, okay? Because and everyone always hates me for this. They're like, well, you know what? You're always so neutral. You always try to look in the WWE's best interest. I'm like, well, no. They make stupid decisions all the time. I agree with people. They 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 make dumb decisions. They don't finish storylines. They don't give us any logical reasons of why things are happening sometimes. 
they don't care about character development or why this character would be doing that. We're just supposed to digest it and say it's okay. But sometimes, instead of complaining about everything, we need to look at it from them sitting in there and be like, why did they do this? There has to be a reason why. Um, she plugged for Bruce Pitchard's uh, Something to Wrestle About podcast um, because if you guys haven't heard those podcasts with Bruce Pitchard and Conrad um, on Something to Wrestle, I think it's on, I forget what podcast, MLW Network, but they're really good because Bruce was a part of the company from 1987. Uh, he was out of there from 1992 and came back in 1992, uh, in 93, I think, actually, and he was with the company until 2008. The really cool thing about that is you get to hear a lot of the backstage perspective of how they came up with ideas and why they did things they did because yeah. he was a part of that team and really close with Vince McMahon. So looking at it from that perspective, I get what they're trying to do. Styles is the champion. Styles was the mat. Um, he beat Cena. He's on a great run. I don't think they had any legitimate plans for AJ Styles at WrestleMania, as much as it sucks. Um, from a fan standpoint, I think Styles should have just held the title, went to WrestleMania with the title, and somehow got involved with Bray and Randy, maybe had a triple threat or something. Yeah, that would be Maybe you could have had Styles versus, or you could have Styles versus Cena go to WrestleMania and start the Rumble, right? But you've got to sell tickets for the Rumble, go to the Alamo Dome, give them something to remember. Yeah. I, I just think they didn't know what they can do with Styles. Um, All right, well, and, and there's also recently, it, it's recently been revealed that they reached out to Shawn Michaels. To that's where I was going. That's where I was going with that. What I, that's what I think is going to end up happening. I think that AJ Styles is going to lose to Shane McMahon with the help of HBK because they have been trying to put that together anyway. And you know, Shawn Michaels is good for a super kick every WrestleMania now. So, and and he lives in Orlando. Uh, do you think that's what's going to happen? No, no. I think, honestly, I think Shawn Michaels is retired, man. It is just is what it is. And that's, I'm okay with that. Shawn I, Michaels is retired, but his I'm super okay kick isn't. That. His super kick isn't. He's super kicked the oh, no, He can come in there and super kick him. But then, it, this is this one thing, this comes the book adjusted. What do you do with that, then? How do you move forward with that? Unless, I mean, but the, look, he, he, Shawn Michaels. Yeah, but he super kicks CM Punk. Shawn Michaels is going to face. Huh? He he super kicked CM Punk and I'm not super kicked CM Punk Daniel Bryant. He never he never did anything with them. It's just like he just comes and, that's, and I and I always find that so flawed. I find that so flawed. Like this, I hate when people do things and there's no payoff. Yeah. That's for me. If I was a booker, if I was sitting in a in a room right now with a bunch of the writers and everything, man, this is what I would say. Why would you have him come super like okay yeah the cheap pop to get the crowd to go off? Great. But let there be some sort of payoff. Even if, and, and don't be wrong, there still could be a payoff. Like, there could be a payoff where, like, Sean's just being a pain in AJ's ass, and then, you know, there's a match where Sean's refereeing, and then next, you know, he turns and helps AJ win the belt, and it was all just a swerve. Like, there could still be a payoff. Don't right, be wrong. They right. don't necessarily have to, they don't necessarily have to wrestle each other for there to be a payoff. You're right. But you're I just right. don't like things happening for the sake of things happening. Like, I, I, do I want Shawn Michaels to come out there and super kick someone? Yeah, for sure. I was there last year when they came out and just beat up everybody from the League of Nations and the, and the Austin Standard Xavier. It was pointless. It was there for the start and a cheap pop for Austin Foley and Shawn Michaels come out there. But it was more of a segment. I'm okay with a segment happening for everything. But to get involved in a match and change the course of a match with no particular payoff makes no sense. Like, why would Shawn help Shane win? without any repercussion of Sean facing AJ or getting involved with Shane. Unless, if he was to come super kick AJ on an episode of SmackDown in a confrontation, then cool, because that's a segment. And it builds to something. Yeah. And it's just, he kicked him, whatever. But to come and get involved in a match and super kick AJ, I want to see something happen. 
Unless... That's just my. That's just me as a wrestling fan who, and me being you know I've been I've been booking shit with my action figures and in video right, games since I was six years old. Oh, yeah. I'm a booker my in my mind. Yeah. yeah, but yeah. So so who'd you get winning that? Uh, AJ. Okay. I, uh, All right. That's cool. There's no benefit of Shane winning. There's absolutely positively no benefit of Shane winning that match. Um, I think it'll be a great match. Um, let me run down the cards. I'm going to tell you exactly how I feel about every match. Okay. Really and quickly, okay? All right, let's do it. So, first things first, there's going to be a kickoff show, right? Um, well, it's just been revealed as we've been talking. I was just looking at my Instagram. It's been revealed that the three matches that are confirmed for the kickoff show is um, the Andre the Giant Battle Royale, which I'm totally okay with it being on the kickoff show. I kind of think it's a good match that goes between two good I think the Andre the Giant Battle Royale is always a good match to put between two big matches to kind of get the crowd to get energized again. Like, yeah. say, if you put it between uh, Undertaker versus Roman, then you had the Andre the Giant Battle Royale, then you went to Shane with AJ. Like, that makes sense because it gives them a break from two big matches back to back. Right. But it's on the kickoff. Um, it's on the kickoff show, which is totally cool. I think Braun Strowman's going to win that. There'll be some spots, there'll be some moments, but they've been building Braun Strong for so long that he, the, the only. Logical choices that Braun Strowman wins the under the Giant Battle Royal, and following WrestleMania, he's in the title picture. Whoever yeah. the champion is at that point, that's true. Whether it's Brock, whether it's uh, whoever, he's in that. Um, the second match on the kickoff is a cruiserweight title match between Austin Aries and Neville. I honestly think this would have been another match that would have been really good to put between two big matches, um, and honestly, might just be the best wrestling match on the entire show. Mm. So it's unfortunate that it's on the kickoff. Neville's amazing, and Aries is the man. I've followed Austin Aries since he was in Ring of Honor in like 2003 and stuff. And uh, what do you what do you think about the what do you think about the cruiserweight division? I, I, Have you I, seen I, any of it? I've seen uh, what's this what's the show they got 205 or something like that. Yeah, I've watched that, and I was like. This is nice. This is nice. I'm sure Eric Bischoff is like somewhere tooting his horn, like I created this. But uh, you know, I mean, but that's good though. I'm glad they're using it. I, I I enjoy the cruiserweight division. Yeah. From my perspective, it's a great division. I get the concept behind it. It's just there's something missing. I don't know if it's there's a lack of character development. If there's a lack of, it feels like there's one or two storylines, and everybody else just kind of does matches. But I don't think the cruiserweight division was ever built on storyline. I think it's always just built on high impact. You know, quick. I think I, I look at the well, yeah, that's the thing, and, and that's what that's what it was in Nitro when it was in the middle yeah. of an episode of Nitro. You had the fast paced Luchador match. But you had the commentator like Mike Tenney selling you on their characters. That's true. Like, oh, this is, you know, the parker, he did this, or he's from Mexico City, and this is his heritage. Like, I feel that like we don't, we don't get that that much with this. And also, um, they shouldn't have their own show if you can. That is but, true. Uh, more characters. That is like, true. Like, it's not wrong, it's cool. But that, that's just my perspective. Mm. I, I thought the Cruiserweight division was kind of uh, lacking depth until Neville actually came back. I love the whole King of the Cruiserweight character. I love the whole seriousness. I love the whole the the, the aggressiveness of Neville right now. And Austin Aries was injured for a bit, so he's doing the whole commentary and the journalist gig, and he did really good at it. And, I, and I'm looking forward to this match, and I think it potentially could be the best wrestling match on the card. I agree. Um, there's the SmackDown Women's title match. Uh, it's Alaska Bliss, who's currently the SmackDown Women's Champion against Natalia, Mickey James, Becky Lynch, and Carmella, and any other available SmackDown females. Um, honestly, the SmackDown Women's Division to me has been doing way better than the Raw Women's Division. Um, all the women there have been getting opportunities. 
everyone's shining, everyone's been part of storylines, and they've all had their angles. There's like multiple women's angles you know, once on SmackDown, which I find great. For this match, it's on the kickoff. I think it deserves to be on the show. Also, another one of those matches that would fit perfectly between two big matches. Um, I, I, I love Alexa. I was always worried about when Alexa and Carmella got drafted. That they, I didn't know how they'd do on the main roster. They've both been killing it. Becky Lynch is a star, and Natalia and Mickey are veterans, and just just they're just they're the seasoned veterans of the game. And um, I, 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 I personally think I don't know how Naomi's um, recovery is going or rehab is going from her injured knee or ankle or whatever. But I would love if she returned here and won the belt because it's. Alexa Bliss was all these women plus any other available SmackDown women wrestlers. Imagine Naomi came out, how big that would be in our hometown of Orlando and wins the yeah. women's title back. Yeah. I think that would be huge. Oh, yeah. Uh, if that doesn't happen, if that doesn't happen, I, I, I don't mind seeing you know Alexa retain or any of the other women winning. I can't really predict who would win, though, but I, I, I think the Naomi thing would be cool. But if, she, if she's unable to come back that soon, then... I'd love to see Becky get a run again. Alexa retains, that'd be great. If Natty gets a run, that'd be great. I don't but it, It'll be all right, Matt. It's just, you know. Yeah, I agree. Um, I, 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 yeah, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. There's a three-way tag match for the Raw Tag Titles. It's a club against Cesaro and Sheamus against Enzo and Cass. I, I can't wait for that one. I want to see that. I hope the club finally gets it. You know what I mean? I, I, hope, I hope this is the, this is their moment. I hope they just retain it this one time. Uh, I think Enzo and Cass, is, they're over. They're going to stay over. They don't need the titles to be over. And they'll get their run eventually, maybe this year. But the club had to, they literally had to wait out for the New Day to beat that record of demolition just to get the tag in. Right. <laughs> and they shouldn't, they literally should have been tag champions sometime last year. And I think the only reason they weren't was because they wanted the New Day to beat demolition's record. If that wasn't the case, the club would have maybe already been the like two-time tag team champions. Yeah. Um, I think they deserve this. I think they deserve to retain the titles here. I love Cesaro and Sheamus. I'm not a huge Sheamus fan, but I think he's a great dude. Um, Cesaro, I'm a huge Cesaro fan. Um, I still think they're only a tag team because they had nothing better for them to do. They've been great as a tag team, but they don't need the straps. I'd, I'd actually love to see them not be a tag team after WrestleMania and move on, but we'll see what happens. Yeah. Who are you rooting for then? The club? Oh yeah, oh yeah. I'm rooting for the club because uh, I think it's. I think they're just the best tag team, and I mean, I think the world knows it. I mean, you know, everybody knows what they where they came from, and I just think that you know, having not having them with the titles or in in the in the title picture, you know, they that's that just makes more sense to me. I'm, I'm all about reality too, so that makes just more sense to me. No, I agree with you. Well, how about the Austin Aries Neville match? Who are you going for? Ah. Uh, I, I will say Austin Aries, but I also remind you that I haven't been keeping up with it too much, so I'm just kind of going by this rundown, so I'm almost like picking squares here, but I will have to go with Aries, but uh, I'm mostly leaning on you for this kind of stuff. Okay, fair enough. That's what I was talking about. I'm like, I should probably let you, uh, see what you have important to do. Um, also, then the next match is the Intercontinental Championship match between Dean Ambrose and Baron Corbin. Um it's crazy to see what Dean like. I don't want to say he's fallen because he's still the man, but just like six months ago, this guy was the WWE champion and on the great like a huge hot streak, just killing it during the summer, killing it in the fall, and then he kind of shuffled around doing 
some stuff with James Ellsworth and Styles, while Styles was champion. And then he won the Intercontinental title, and now he's up against Baron Corbin. Um, I think this is a great opportunity for Baron Corbin, because Dean Ambrose has a very loyal and strong fan base. So if people are changed for Dean Ambrose, so more than easily boo Baron Corbin. Um, yeah. Yeah. What do you think about Baron Corbin? Have you seen much of him? I haven't seen much of him at all. Uh, but I am a, a Dean Ambrose guy. I like him. He's more yeah. of uh, the Attitude Era-ish type of guy. So anything that he's that's in... A, that's, the thing I say about, that, that's the thing I say about Ambrose. Is like, I, I feel the same thing. He's kind of Attitude Era-ish. I, I just don't like... I, I think he's all the potential in the world to be this amazing character. But they just can't push him that way in this era. Yeah, yeah. And there's only so much he can do in this era. You know, if he, if this was 1998, I mean, he'll be yeah, Austin to have a run for his money. You know, with the, the the kind of character, the way Ambrose could go. Imagine Austin versus Ambrose from like 19. I want to make a poster about that now, just because I just thought about that. That would have been amazing. Like, oh, Austin yeah. versus Ambrose in 1999. Like, how amazing would that have been? Oh, that would have been awesome. Even even uh, uh, Ambrose versus uh, 99 Taker. You know, I mean, that would be dope too, man. I mean, it's just so many. I, he would have just. He would have fit in so perfectly back then. Oh yeah, but I mean, I think all those guys from the Shield actually would have uh, would have been perfect in the Attitude Era. Though I like those guys. That's why I said Triple H. You gotta give Triple H his due. I mean, he 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 he, he got some talent, man. He found some talent. Well, well, let's, let's, uh, let's move on. Well, who else you got? What else you got? Right, so this match, I, I honestly, this match, I think Ambrose retains, and this rivalry continues afterwards at WrestleMania, where Corbin will eventually win the belt, but because mm-hmm. um, you have to put Corbin over that thing. Maybe he goes over at WrestleMania. So maybe it's a bigger deal if Corbin goes over at WrestleMania. But I think these guys continue having beef with each other afterwards. Um, one of the big matches in my mind, uh, one of the matches that probably should have been for the Universal title and should have been a main event, but it is now brought down to the U.S. title and probably going to be somewhere near the beginning of the card is Kevin Owens and Chris Jericho. <laughs> Man, now, now you know what? I'm glad you brought that up. I almost forgot about that because I don't have a list in front of me. Much props to Chris yeah. Jericho. Much props to Chris Jericho. You're talking about a guy who constantly, you know, uh, what what's the word? Um, re- reinvents himself. I mean, this guy started out as the lion. Was a Lionheart in 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 in, in, in the '90s with WCW. Came to to WWE. Was the ass of the, of the Rock for a while. Battled with Shawn Michaels and classic stuff, and is still relevant. It, I mean, you tell me who's more over, Owens or Jericho. I got to put my money on Jericho. The both relatively over um, because there was a long period of time last year where the most entertaining part of Raw, an episode of Raw, was the Kevin Owens because Jericho segments. Um, the reason why I think this match should have been for the Universal title is because they basically carry Raw for a, a, a number of months, in my mind. And um, if you look at it from a fan standpoint, yeah, like, Jericho's more over than Kevin Owens, but we've been, you know, um, what's the one looking for? We're not taught to boo Kevin Owens, but Jericho's Jericho. So, that's why Owens was the one that tried to go. Jericho's like, man, like, you make your thing. He reinvented himself so many times he just only things and got them over like the list of Jericho and the gift of Jericho and drink it in and for him to like 
be this far in his career and still get new pot over new catchphrases over new stuff. Like it's, it's it's amazing in my mind. It's true. Um he's into the belt though. I don't think Goldberg and Brock needed the belt in my mind. Mm. I don't know. Using a casual fact, I mean the way I see it from uh WWE's perspective, if I was in the writing room in their mind what they thought was, you know what, Kevin Joe Kevin Joe could be for the United States title big time match. They don't need the belt. Their rivalry is bigger than the belt anyway. Yeah. Um, Goldberg and Brock need the belt because one, it's a draw, and I'll make it even more draw. And it'll give Goldberg that one last round, and Brock can win the belt from him. And I just, I don't think that's necessary. What, how do you feel about that? Because I feel like that was uh, a move made more for the fan that doesn't watch every week but knows who Goldberg and Brock is. They're more likely to see that they're fighting for some championship and want to watch. How do you feel as someone that doesn't watch a product on a weekly basis? Well, I'll put it to you like this: since we're talking about Brock and Goldberg, <laughs> I was uh, they they sure they sure showed me because I tried to predict what was going to happen when uh, they first faced each other. What was that? Was that Survivor Series? Yeah. Yeah. Now, and I wasn't even paying attention to the time, and I, if I would have been paying attention to the time, I would have known that something was up. But uh, we remember they came on like ten minutes, like last ten minutes of the show. Like it was literally like ten minutes. So if you're a smart enough guy, smart enough wrestling fan, you should know that something's gonna happen and something's gonna happen quick. But I just assumed that Brock Lesnar was gonna beat the hell out of Goldberg, like he beat the hell out of uh, John Cena. Uh, uh, I mean, those were some. Even though John, he never put John Cena over or Undertaker over, I mean, the way the way the way those guys sold for Brock Lesnar, I just thought it was going to be another sell job from a legend for Brock Lesnar. And then all of a sudden, I'm like, what just happened here? And I'm t- and for that moment, it felt real again. Like, was this supposed to happen? So from that point on, I've been sold on because I thought I—I I, I mean, you can go on my Twitter at I'm the Real CB where I said, "What a waste of time." We all know what's going to happen. Vince McMahon is never going to put over WCW's product, so he's going to let Brock Lesnar kick Goldberg's ass, and that's going to be the end of that. I mean, it happened to Sting, so that's what I thought was going to happen, and then all of a sudden. You know, they, they pulled a fast one on me, the old, the old smart wrestling fan that thinks he knows everything, that can predict the whole product, and next thing you know, Goldberg shocks the world and beats Brock. And I'm like, now that's some booking right there. So I've been into this storyline. Now you add the title to the picture. One of the main reasons why I'm watching Rainia is for uh, Goldberg versus Lesnar. Although, even though I kind of know what's in my heart of heart, what's going to happen, I want to see the match. I want to see it. They did a good job. I guess I, I, they do a good yeah, job of reeling us back in. I know, so that's what I mean. So like, I get what they did from their perspective. And, I, and this is why like, this this people like the wrestling classic, I think, is because I am that type of person that I, I don't complain. I don't bitch and complain like this sucks and they shouldn't do this. And I know better. I like to look at both sides of the court. I like to play devil's advocate. That's why I want to hear your opinion because I can see I can see it coming. I can see that opinion. I can understand that. You remember you back there. You see Goldberg. You see Brock Lesnar. You watch a Survivor Series match. You're like, whoa, what was that? You watch what happened at the Rumble. You're like, whoa, what the Goldberg just keeps like, getting the best of Lesnar. Lesnar pretty much killed everybody for the last four years. And then um, you, it kind of makes me intrigued to see what's going to happen at WrestleMania. Like, it's kind of unpredictable now. 
you can't say like what's well, gonna be a squash of the wrestling match is gonna be a squash and you also can't be like it's gonna be like this great technical masterpiece you can't predict it you yeah, can't right. um and I, you, you answered my question the fact that the title's on the line makes it more of a draw to you that's the match you're looking forward to watch the most at Wrestlemania is that the um, last match or um, is that is that gonna be the last match or is that the middle match I don't know I think it's gonna go on last I don't I don't think it's gonna go anywhere else you can't not be the last. If you're gonna be the second to last match, or it's gonna be the last match. I can't see it being anywhere else in the card. Okay. All right. What else we got? Is uh, we're, we're, I'll let you finish the rundown. My my point was just that, like, as a hardcore wrestling fan, like, um, I'm a fan of both guys, and I always have to make that clear because people are like, oh, you just you just don't like Goldberg, you don't like Brock. So I like Brock. I I think Brock is. A, I'm not a huge fan of this whole suplex city thing anymore. I wish you'd do more wrestling. Yeah, just yeah, yeah. Um, I'm kind of, I'm getting, and there's not, nothing, I'm just, I'm over that shit. I, I think Brock, and that's because I grew up, I'm older, and I was alive, but Brock was the next big thing, and he was having, like, great wrestling matches oh, with yeah. like, Chris Benoit, Kurt Angle. Like, oh, yeah. I was alive for that. Like, I, oh. I know the guy can go. I want to see him go. Oh, like, yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, you know, and, and I'm a huge fan of Goldberg. I was like a seven year kid when this guy was staring motherfuckers and building the streak. I, I was, I, every time the guy makes an entrance, I still feel like a kid. But I hear that Like, I can't hype. I'm like, and, and I don't even care about his promo or what he's going to do. That entrance alone gets me hyped. And uh, it reminds me of being like an eight year old kid again. So, like, I, I, I get it. I'm a fan of both guys. I like both guys. But that probably is the match I'm the least looking forward to. But it also might be the match that might surprise me the most. Oh, yeah. You know, it might be the match that I... Yeah, like, I'm not looking forward to it. I'm not gonna, I can't sit here and honestly tell you I'm looking forward to Goldberg against Brock Lesnar. I don't like the suplex thing, and I don't think they've had... I don't. I just don't think they're going to have a great match. But it also might be the match that I, after WrestleMania ended, up like, holy shit, that was better than I thought. I wasn't expecting that. Well, I think... That's the magic of it. Well, I think what you add Paul Heyman to the mix... You add Goldberg. Uh, this could be the last match before he enters the Hall of Fame next year. There's a lot of things that's going on. This could this you know the day after WrestleMania could this start a, something with maybe Brock Lesnar and Samoa Joe. I mean, you got to figure Lesnar's next opponent has to be somebody that could, that's big enough and believable enough that can go. After you've seen him go toe to toe with Goldberg, they just can't put any old Jay Brown against uh, uh, Brock now. You know, you got to put a man against him, as Nash would say. You got to put a man against him. So maybe this might set up Owens or, or, or Samoa Joe or something like that. You got to put a man. How, how crazy would it be and how much of a swerve would it be if Goldberg actually won, though, at WrestleMania? Man, I wouldn't see and then, that coming. And, 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 and Brock being the only guy, the only guy Brock could not beat was Goldberg because he's never beat Goldberg. I, I mean, brother, I would not see that coming. I mean, and I mean, but oh man, I would not see that coming. I mean, I would not I see would, that coming. Not in Maine. That goes back to that Booker and thing. The Booker and that Booker Justin is now saying, "What's the payoff to that, though?" <laughs> yeah. so that's why I don't think it's gonna happen. Like, Brock's gonna win. That's just the obvious. So just what if? Though? We'll yeah, just throw yeah. what if out like, What if over one Hey, keep running, keep running us down, man. I got, I got seven minutes. I got, I, I can go. So keep, keep running us down. I want to get everything. Okay. In. So basically, okay, that's that. Um, uh, when it comes to, anyways, back to Jericho and uh, Kevin Owens. I think Kevin Owens wins, only because I think Chris Jericho is heading off a of Fozzie 
a little bit after this WrestleMania. Maybe Chris Jericho wins and then he loses to Kevin Owens next month at Extreme Rules or something. But the feud, I still, I think the feud may continue for another month or so. Maybe it'll involve Moa Joe and Triple H guys and Finn Balor. But the rivalries are over. This is just to end off their friendship. And I think Jericho goes over. Um, but yeah, it's hard to tell. The Triple H and Seth Rollins, the feud for me has been going on. 
who owns the yard? The young guy versus the old guy. The old who you yard. got? Who you got going over on that? Undertaker or, or Reigns? Uh, Roman Reigns. It's Getting nice. Out. Are you serious? Roman Reigns. The strength's over. Get over it. It's done. There's nothing to keep now. If he wins, what's the point? Brother, if if Taker loses to Reigns, that place might go up in flames. <laughs> I mean, seriously. If Taker loses to Reigns, Reigns could be the biggest heel of the next couple of years. Like, people will hate Reigns so much, but guess what? People hated Brock Lesnar for all of 2015. And by the time the time went on, they hated him so much that they started cheering him. And Great point. It's, it's, it's what it is, and that's what they, they okay. John Cena is one person that got away with whatever the hell he got away with, okay? But Roman Reigns, they want Roman Reigns to really jump in. They want to be the super baby face. Like, even if the crowd's booing him, oh, it could be a passion he gets out of the fans. They're booing him, cheering him. I'm like, no, turn the guy heel, man. Because if, if they heard those Rocky sucks, die Rocky Rock, die Rocky die chance back in 98 and didn't turn the Rock heel, he would have cheered him so much when he became a baby face. When Austin was a bad guy, he was so such a good bad guy. They wanted to cheer him. When Randy Orton was doing the whole Age of Orton, pumping through that, he was so good, the fans started cheering him. It's just the, the danger of the beast. Wrestling fans are the wrong bad guys that turn them into good guys. We love them so much that like, we root for them over the good guys. That they end up being the good guys. They need to do that in Roman. If they want to revitalize Roman Reigns' career, have him beat the Undertaker. Have these people hate him. Yes, being man. one of the only two people that beat the Undertaker at WrestleMania. If there was still a streak, I would say, hell no, the Undertaker wins. But there isn't no more streak. Honestly, in my mind, Bill Wyatt should have beat the Undertaker at WrestleMania 31 too. That still makes me mad. Mm. I think you can't call yourself a new face of fear unless you beat the Undertaker. He didn't beat the Undertaker. You're not the face of fear. Roman Reigns can't call this his yard unless he beats the Undertaker. It sucks because you know what? Our generation of fans, we love the Undertaker. We have a special place for him in our heart. We like he's like this like this symbol of our childhood almost, and and we hate to see him lose. We hate to see these new guys beat him, but it has to happen. Like Bray should have beat the Undertaker. Roman needs to beat the Undertaker. You can't move forward from the Undertaker because those same people that say Undertaker is a symbol of their childhood will say, "Man." This guy's so old. Why does he keep coming back? Oh, I think he should retire soon. If you think that, then let him pass the torch. He didn't pass the torch to Brock Lesnar. Brock Lesnar was already an established star. He didn't need to win. Brock Lesnar never needed to beat the Undertaker. He did, and they used that to build the momentum for Brock Lesnar that worked on the end, whatever, but he didn't need it. Guys like Bray Wyatt and Roman Reigns could, you know, they could use this to make them bigger stars. And at the end of the day, we got to look at the future and not live in the past. Okay. And the future is Roman Reigns being a bad guy to the point where maybe next year around WrestleMania, we're cheering for him because he's such a good bad guy. That is true. That's that's the way the business goes. All right, so 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 we got so you got wow, you got uh, Reigns going over on uh, Taker. Uh, you, now who'd you say with uh, Orton and uh, and Bray Wyatt? Who, who'd you say? I think Randy Randy Orton goes over just because storyline purposes. I think that's, I, I don't think the rivalry is over. It's, this is another one of those things. A lot of people think WrestleMania is the end of a thing, but it's different now because like every other like uh, compared to every other sport, wrestling has no off season. 
WWE has an off-season. They go to Raw the next night, there's another pay-per-view the next month. Yeah. I think that Orton goes over. There is a part of me that thinks that Bray could go over because some voodoo creepy shit happens involving Sister Abigail. <laughs> okay. Okay. That's the only way I see Bray going over. And then this rivalry continues and eventually what it runs about. But I just see, because they played, they let Sister Abigail play such a big role in the build-up to this match, I can see that being a big factor mm. in this match, just generally. Okay. I don't know how everyone else feels, but I don't know. And then the only other match I think we haven't talked about, because we talked about Shane and AJ. Um, I still think AJ goes over. The four, Fatal 4 women's title match um, with Sasha Banks, Charlotte, Bailey, and Nia Jack. I could talk for like 20 minutes about this match because I, I've never been as invested in the women's division as I am today. Oh, yeah. And Sasha Banks and Charlotte are two of my favorite women's wrestlers. Is, she uh, went, is, Sasha, gonna, is Sasha going over this time or what? She needs a WrestleMania. No, I don't, I don't think so. I, oddly enough, uh, I honestly, for this match, I don't know. I, like, I literally don't know. I have no clue. I, like, I'm like, Nia could win, and this could be a huge moment for Nia. Bailey could retain, this could be a huge moment for Bailey. Well, personally, I don't even think Bailey should be champion yet. It shouldn't have ever been champion yet. No. Um, Charlotte you know, would have been amazing. Because, yeah. you know, like, just keep building that Charlotte legacy and it just pisses people off and just makes her a bigger heel. Yeah. And if Sasha wins, that'd be freaking great, too, because I'm the biggest Sasha Banks fan. That would be a great, that would be a great WrestleMania moment. That crowd will light yeah. up if Sasha wins. And I'm, that's, who, that's who I'm hoping goes over. Oh, okay. If I, if I, it's up to me if I was to choose as a fan, Sasha would go over. She's my favorite in the match overall. Yeah. Um, uh, from a booking side, if it go anyway, I honestly have no clue. If it go anyway, that's just great. They're all great. They're all great. They all have their own things that they're special for. Like, Nia is a beast. She's a monster compared to all the rest of women. Charlotte is the one of the most athletic women you've seen. I've ever seen in a wrestling ring. It's just she can do things that no other woman could ever do, and she's she can, honestly she's an extension of her dad. She's such a good heel. And um, ba- uh, Bailey, uh, I, I I I'm not the biggest Bailey fan. I get that she's there for kids and stuff. I think her promos fucking suck. Yeah. But she's a tremendous re- she's a tremendous wrestler. Because a shitty finish. I hate the Bailey does, but she's a tremendous wrestler. Mm-hmm. I think she like, she can put up a good wrestling match against anyone. Um, Mostly if they built up her character better like they did on NXT, we really get behind it. I don't think she Sasha Banks and Bailey and NXT takeover Brooklyn is still probably my favorite women's wrestling match of all time. Yeah. Um and I am I am I think Sasha Banks is just she's like the Shawn Michaels of the women's division. Oh right now. yeah, brother, you couldn't have been picked a better example than that. You know? Yeah. She's uh she's scrappy, she's small, she's uh, charismatic. She doesn't sound the best on the mic as a baby face. She sounds way better on the mic as a heel, but I could say the exact same thing for Shawn Michaels. I didn't love Shawn Michaels on the mic as a baby face, but man, Shawn Michaels as a heel, I love that shit. I yeah. <laughs> like I eat that up. But, but, <laughs> but because, you know, because HBK was a worker in the ring, it really didn't matter. That's the same thing with Sasha. It didn't really matter. Yeah, yeah like she, like now, she could, you could put Sasha in the ring with any any chick on the on her roster, and she, uh, she'll have a good match. That's right. And I'm a, uh, she might be woman's ass of all time. I put her oh. up with Rita Trish Oh yeah, by me, far. personally, by far, she can beat everyone out. She I think beat everyone out. I think I think her and Charlotte are better than anything we've ever seen. Yeah, Charlotte would be number two. Becky Lynch would probably be number three. Yeah. I wouldn't put Bailey as number four. That's when I'd probably start pumping in like Rita and Trish and stuff. Man, maybe don't forget China. Don't forget China. China for me was 
I, I think China was, like, her wrestling part was short in my mind. She didn't wrestle. She wrestled like 99, 2000, but she was a special place. She was wrestling the men, you know? She wrestled, yeah. That says a lot. Yeah. Um, before we, before I accept. We talked about every match, the only match we didn't talk about, one match we didn't talk about, that's the tag match with Nikki and Cena. And, uh, oh, we did. We didn't. How could we go to? Yeah, go ahead. All right, explain that. What's, That's what's the last match we're gonna talk about. Okay. I wasn't looking forward to this match when I thought on paper. I'm like, what the hell? Why would they even do this? This is stupid. Poor Cena. But honestly, I love this. I, I I remember seeing back in 2014 and 2015 before she came back. If Marie was supposed to manage Miz, this would revitalize the Miz's character, and if he'd be way more over because. Having a hot wife like that backs up all the cocky shit he said. Oh, and it has in the last year and a half. Yeah. And he has a miss of some shit. You look at his wife, you're like, ah, maybe this guy's doing something great. <laughs> yeah, you're right. And, uh, and, um, then, obviously, John Cena is John Cena. I used to hate the guy. I loved him when he first came in, hated him for years. Yeah. Respect the show now, but still think his character is stale as hell. Yeah, Respect yeah. the show as hell. But, I still think his character is stale as hell. Nikki, um, wasn't a huge Bella fan. Bella Twins fan when they first came in, didn't really care for the women's division back then, straight up. Uh, loved Jordan Vivas, thought of getting behind the Bellas. I think Nikki's great. Um, I, I think this is cool. I think, honestly, she's so happy about being able to take team with John and do this. And I think, I don't think this is John's ideal WrestleMania case, but I think he's happy because she's happy, which is it's a cute whatever. That's great. Um, I think also you can't have Miz and Murray's go over there. Honestly, I wasn't looking forward to this match, but the build-up, they made me intrigued by it. They made me want to watch it. The Miz is going to fire on the mic. Yeah. Cena's going to fire it's, on the it's, mic. It's a money match. Sure. It's going to make money. It's going to draw. It's definitely yeah, going to draw. It's good. You wouldn't think that. When, they, when you first looked at this, you probably like, what the fuck? But now, after the build-up and how it's been going, you're like, you know what? This is pretty intriguing. It's not going to be the best match. It's not going to be the greatest story. It'll be fun, but... You know, it'll be it'll be fun. It'll okay, be fun. here's what I need you. Here's what I need you to do because my thing is about to run out. I need you to run down all the matches. Give me your just give me the winners real quick for our listeners. Who's winning? Who's who? Who's the wrestling classic picking the win? Just run it down real quick. What you just said. Just give me the okay. winners. Austin Aries Neville, I'm going to go with Austin Aries. The triple threat Raw Tag Team Titles match uh, with Enzo and Cass, the club and Sheamus and Cesaro. I'm going to go with the club retaining the belts. Uh, women's SmackDown Women's Title match uh, with Alexa defending at the SmackDown roster, including Becky Lynch, Carmella, Natalia, and Mickey James. I think Alexa either retains or we get a surprise entrance that wins the belt, either Naomi or Eva Marie or something. Um, On to the Giant Battle Royal, I think the only logical choice of winning this is Braun Strowman. I think it's going to come down to like Braun Strowman, Sami Zayn, and Big Show. Something like that. Um, Baron Corbin and Dean Ambrose, I'm going to go with uh, Dean Ambrose, but I think this rivalry continues, and Baron Corbin will eventually become the Intercontinental Champion champion within the next couple of months. Chris Jericho versus Kevin Owens. I think Chris Jericho retains the title here, but the rivalry doesn't end. Um... We will move forward with that, but Chris Jericho wins here. Triple H with Seth Rollins, one of my matches I'm looking forward to the most. Probably the match I'm looking forward to the most, to be honest with you, because the storyline has been so great and it's been going on for about like three years. Um, Seth Rollins takes a win here. Triple H puts Seth Rollins over. Seth Rollins takes a win here, and he moves forward with his life. <laughs> um, John Cena and Nikki Bella versus the Miz and Maurice. Um, yeah, I, that's just a joke because as much as I'm looking forward to Triple H and Seth Rollins, I feel like the feud has been. There's that whole point where Triple H was off TV and Seth Rollins was feeding Kevin Owens, and you knew the whole goal was to get to him and Triple H, and you're like, what the fuck's going on? But anyways, um, 
John Cena and Nikki Bella versus the Miz and Maurice. I'm gonna go John Cena and Nikki Bella. This will be a fun match. There's no way the Miz and Maurice are gonna go over. I don't know if this is because Nikki's retiring soon or something. They wanted her to do something with John before she does. I also think there's a chance here that after the match, John Cena might pop the question and ask Nikki Bella to marry him. Oh, that would be a huge WrestleMania moment. Huge WrestleMania moment. Because be they've used the storyline that uh, a big part of the storyline is that the oh. one thing Nikki doesn't have oh, wow. that Miz and Maurice has is that there's a ring on Maurice's finger. That's right. And what if John Cena pops the question? Anyways, I'm looking forward to Shane McMahon versus AJ Styles. Uh, AJ Styles. It'll be a great match. When I think of this match, I'm not thinking of the greatest wrestling match. I'm not thinking of the greatest story being told. But I'm thinking this is the match that's going to have the spots that we'll have you talking after. Oh, yeah. A lot of high spots. Shane's going to yeah, do some crazy shit. Styles is capable of doing some crazy shit because that guy can. Like, honestly, if you didn't know any better, you'd think AJ Styles had wings. Oh, and, um,. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, I think these two will the, they, they will their part of the show is going to be the part of the show where you're like holy shit this is awesome the whole match the chance you're going to hear whole match yeah, uh, yeah um, Shano and AJ it's going to be tremendous as much as people are like oh AJ does this have a better match whatever get over it uh, Fatal Floyd for the women's Raw in the title match I, once again I don't know who they're going to make no, either way um, if I was going to go to I wanted to win it'd be Sasha Banks um Undertaker versus Roman Reigns. This is the unpopular choice, but Roman Reigns needs to go over. Oh, man. Roman Reigns losing to the Undertaker does nothing for anybody. Taker's not going to be there on a weekly basis. Roman Reigns is not going to come out to the next night like, oh yeah, I lost to the Undertaker, but I'm still the big dog. Just like when Bray Wyatt keeps calling himself the face of fear after he lost to the Undertaker. It just makes no sense. Right. Roman Reigns beats the Undertaker and goes on probably one of the most tremendous heel runs of his career, which <laughs> he needs to do, and I feel like if he does that, by next year WrestleMania, if he's a good enough heel, people will want to cheer him. Just put him against the right opponent. Put him against, I don't know, put him against the, the Miz or something. Or someone that people hate. Yeah. Um, Bill Goldberg is Brock Lesnar. Brock Lesnar's gone over. The only reason I say that is that Goldberg beat Brock Lesnar WrestleMania 20. Goldberg beat Brock Lesnar at Survivor Series. Goldberg eliminated Brock Lesnar from the Royal Rumble. Brock Lesnar needs to redeem himself. All right. All right. Um, and then the last one, Randy Orton and Bray Wyatt. I'm going to go with the Randy Orton. And the only way I see Bray Wyatt winning is if there's some voodoo shit with uh, this Abigail. Yeah. Otherwise, Randy Orton's taking the title home, and we're going to go home happy. Justin from the Wrestling Classic, brother. We Two years has been too long, brother. We got to do this again. Thanks for coming on, breaking this down. I got one more quick question before I let you go, and I hope I can squeeze this in. Will there be a Hulk Hogan sighting at this year's WrestleMania? I mean, with Trump being president, you can't say that Hogan's not uh, politically incorrect when Vince McMahon and Triple H are good friends with this president. So will Hulk Hogan make a uh, a comeback this year? Do you think so? He's in Orlando. Cheap part for Hulk Hogan, Hogan's oh. shop in Orlando, opening up the same weekend. I'm a mark for in Orlando, Hulkster. the same weekend WrestleMania. Um, never say never. I don't know if it'll be an in-ring segment. That might be a little bit iffy for them, but maybe it'll be backstage. Hey, hey, I love Hulk. I always Hogan. Did. We talked. We talked about the earlier. Hogan always welcome home when it comes to the WWE. As he should. As he should. Just no, he went to T- he went to TNA and he still came back and was welcome with open arms. Plug your, shit, plug your shit real quick. Where can everybody find you other than <clears throat> the Wrestling Classic? Uh, follow me on the Wrestling Classic on Instagram. That's probably the most popular place to follow me. Um, wrestling Classic on Twitter. I don't really use that much. My Snapchat is also Wrestling Classic. That's W-R-A-S-S-L-I-N Classic. Um, and also, guys, 
um, www.therestingclasses.com the reviews, blogs, podcasts when this podcast comes out if it's on SoundCloud or whatever I'm going to pump it up and throw it on my, on my website to you so everyone can listen to it and find it on my website um, you can go to TWC shop from the website get yourself some wrestling classic t-shirts and Sweet. stuff like that uh, yeah no man the wrestling classics it, it ain't easy being king but you can find me all over the place hey, no doubt <laughs> Thank you for listening to Inside the Cave. Download the FireFan app at the App Store on iPhone devices and at the Google Play Store for Android devices and use the code CAVE, C-A-V-E, to ignite your passion for sports. Inside the Cave. 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 You're on the number one show, Inside the Cave. Three Lee Films.